Welcome to the Paper Dungeon Podcast. In this episode, we meet Melora, a young elvish woman who calls the forest her home. She passes the days by making sure that everything is right in the forest and that no animals or plants are put into harm's way. When a mysterious group of soldiers possibly threaten the life inside the forest, Melora takes the initiative to follow and investigate. What will Melora find? Find out on this episode of The Paper Dungeon. Hello, and welcome to uh, another episode of The Paper Dungeon. Um, today, we're going to be here with Hannah doing a one-shot for her character, Melora. So that'll be yes. super, super rad. Um, yeah, we'll go ahead and um, get into it. Um, so, Melora, yes. you have been, um, you grew up in the country of Vianola, um, a forested land um, mostly inhabited by wood elves. Um, through different reasons, you have been on your own for quite a long time, just kind of traveling about throughout the forest of Vianola. Um, and so you've begun to develop um, a sense for the woods. Um, you know where the general location of many towns are, of um, lots of different settlements, um, but you've never really felt the need to join them. So you've just kind of been making your way through and surviving off the land um, and doing quite a long, quite a good job of it um, for how long you've been doing it and for um, your age and situation and stuff like that. Um, so you've been heading, recently you've been in the southern side of Vianola, uh, closer to the Lunincona mountain range, um, just on the other side of the, um, the country of Athala, or not Athala, um, Akhlaran. Um, and so you've just been kind of hanging about, um, and much like you do just about every morning, you awake your little squirrel nestled up on your chest, ginger hanging out. Um, it is a gorgeous, beautiful day. Um, the birds are tripping, the sunlight is f- flowing in through the trees. Um, do you, uh, I can't remember, did we decide that you sleep in trees or you sleep around them? I do. Yeah, sweet. So you wake up and you've been in your tree. Um, on your branch, very cuddled up, um, what would you like to do? Well, first I'd like to say good morning to Ginger. <laughs> and I'd like to take out a branch that I got on my walk yesterday and okay. start with my dagger, making it into an arrow. Okay. And just take in the sounds of the morning, see mm-hmm. if there are any birds that might be by my tree or if there's any passers-by underneath that I could hear their conversation. Mm-hmm. Just with my dagger, just making a new arrow and just just relaxing. Yeah, very nice. Um, yeah, you do that very easily. You've, you've done this many, many times as one who has had to fashion her own weaponry um, through, for many, many years. Um, so this is just a common, common place for you. You've even had begun to collect um, stones that are already basically shaped as arrowheads. And so super, super easy. You're just going through and collecting and really just kind of finishing off this. Um, and it doesn't take you very long before you uh, manage to finish up this arrow. Um, you manage to fletch it very well. Um, and attach your arrowhead. Um, Ginger um, actually took off for a little bit, and then she comes back and just starts like nomming on an acorn um, while you're finishing this. Um, and as you go by, you're not in particularly close to any road. Um, you have found that staying away from people usually is better just because they usually have questions. Um, mm-hmm. So you generally try and stay just a little bit away from the road, um, but it is nearby if you want to go try and check out to see if there's anybody um, walking about or anybody traveling. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I'll, I'll probably get out my other dagger and okay. I'll start climbing down the tree yeah, using yeah, yeah. both of them. Very nice. And I'll probably just look around and make sure I'm not going to scare any creatures or other animals while mm-hmm. I'm getting down and walking about. Um, I'll be probably quiet as I don't mm-hmm. want to really bring attention to myself, especially yeah. if there are other people around. Mm-hmm. But... I'm probably just going to walk around and pick up any rocks that I like that might make good arrows mm-hmm. and collect any berries that Ginger might like to eat. Yeah, yeah, and definitely. And something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, you get down. Um, I'll have you do two things. Go ahead and roll a stealth check for me and a, um, an investigation check. Um, right. Stealth is for how quiet you can be and investigation is for what you find. Um, 12 for stealth. Okay. And 15 for investigation. Very nice. Yeah. So you're hanging about, you're not the quietest you've ever been. Um, you know, it's because I just woke up. Exactly. You know, you're still a little groggy. Your senses aren't quite as tight. You're not quite 100% there. So every once in a while you like step on something, a group of leaves or a twig, you'll knock a rock over and be like, ah, no, I I gotta not do that. Um, but you're going about, and you're not really disturbing too many things. Um, as you're making your way, meandering towards this um, local road, you do manage to find um, plenty of food and nuts and berries, um, lots of rocks as well. Um, they're all pretty f- small and flat, which works out really well, you found. Um, and has been something that makes it really rather easy for you to make your weaponry. Um, and so you make your way towards this road, and once you get there, you kind of stay just off it, just enough that you can see the road, um, but not really that you're on there um, or that anybody would notice you. And um, there's nobody currently on the road. Um, it's been fairly quiet recently. Traveling has been um, a little bit slower. And so it's not like there's a huge amount of people. Um, so you stay there for probably close to an hour, just waiting. Um, eventually you do see one sole um, traveler comes down with his backpack. He has like a uh, classic like wooden backpack with like the, the blanket that kind of actually makes up the backpack. With, like, I'd like to branches. crouch okay. and make sure that he can't see me, but yeah. I want to still be able to look and just observe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, you definitely can with your stealth roll. You're just fine. He definitely doesn't notice you. Um, he looks like a um, mid-20s um, male human, a little bit of scruff around his face. Um, someone who, he's fairly dirty. It looks like he's probably been traveling for a little while and not really bathing or showering um, just been on the road for a little bit um, it looks like he has a decent amount of stuff but nothing really worth anything does it look particular. like he has hunting gear like he's going to be hunting animals um you do see he has one bow um and a few arrows um but he doesn't carry a sword on him um and he doesn't really have armor or anything like that um ooh, sorry about that See if I can't get this to not be flashing people. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, there we go. I'm just going to whisper to Ginger and just be like, well, what do you think he's on about? Mm-hmm. He's got a bowl, but no swords. She, uh, Ginger kind of looks up at you and starts squeaking a little bit um, as if she were actually having a conversation with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you've learned to kind of be able to uh, read her um, body language, quote unquote, mm-hmm. um, and figure out like generally where she needs um, food or attention or water mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, and she seems very much just be enjoying your attention. But yeah, so 
he begins to meander along. Are you going to do anything, or are you just going to keep watching him? I'm just going to watch. Um, mm-hmm. I just want to see what he's doing. I want to make sure that no one's around to like harm the environment and harm the animals. Mm-hmm. But I'm not particularly interested in talking to another person, because mm-hmm. why would I if I have ginger? But I just want to watch, and I want to see mm-hmm. like how he interacts with what's around him, make sure he is just an adventurer and not... Um, in the mood to destroy anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you begin following him just a little bit, keeping your distance, making sure that um, you're not really seen. And he just keeps meandering down the road, slowly but surely. Um, you get the sense that he has traveled far and wide and as you should just blank endless miles to get to the places that he's been. Um, and so um, eventually he does stop and just sit down on a rock and pull out his water skin Um and a little bag, um, a little cloth bag that he um, has some nuts in. Um, he looks around in the uh, in the general vicinity just a little bit and just enjoys it um, before he starts whistling just this little simple tune. Um, he probably Do stays I like there. It? Um, let me roll a performance check. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, it's pretty upbeat, a little jaunty, um, kind of fun almost Irish, uh, local, like, folk music, um, and he just goes through and he sings, basically whistles what would be one song, um, before Mm -hmm. packing up and, um, beginning on his way again, um, as he keeps going, do you want to continue to follow him, or? Yeah, I don't really have much on my schedule to do today, so, um, (laughs) I really like to people watch, don't really like to talk to them, but, Mm um, I really liked, hmm... Maybe I'll climb a tree and I'll watch from one of the trees. Um, It feels like if it's a nice day, then it might be nice to be in a tree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Um, you can definitely do that. There are plenty of pretty tall trees all around you. Um, This is a very thick forest, um, and so there's lots and lots of trees that you can hang out around. So go ahead and just roll um, either acrobatics or athletics, whichever would be better for you. Mm, That would be acrobatics. I figured. (laughs) Okay, uh, 16. Perfect. You get up this tree, no problem. Um, as you get up a little bit higher, um, you have to actually stay fairly low on this tree specifically because it's so tall that it actually mm-hmm. peaks above the canopy. And so in order to actually keep an eye on the road, you have to stay about midway through the tree. Um, and you get up there, no problem. An action that you've done many, many times. Um, and you're going through and you're uh, just watching him slowly um, hang out into the distance. Um, he doesn't stop again for um, quite a while until he crests this hill and you can't see him. Um, and you hang out in the tree for just a little bit um, before eventually deciding to make your way back down and begin um, heading just in whatever direction you um, were going. Uh, you've kind of been mm-hmm. sticking to the southern side of the Enola. Um, mm-hmm. And so you begin meandering your way through, just kind of enjoying this forest that you've called home your entire life. Um, go ahead and scroll a perception check for me. Okay. Okay. Um, 14. Okay. Yeah. Um, you're going through and, uh, there's plenty of wildlife and natural flowers. Um, there's, it's quite a beautiful forest, not so overgrown that it's difficult to travel through. It's well-maintained. You and um, the rest of the widows that live here have done a really good job of making sure this forest is really well taken care of. Um, and so you're I'd going like through- i like to pick, oh, sorry. No, go for it. I'd like to pick a couple of the flowers to put in my hair and my braids. Oh, um, easily. 
perhaps switch some of them out, as I certainly have a couple from nice. the last couple days, but they're probably wilted a little bit. So, mm -hmm. um, if any are green or blue, then I will go for those first. Oh, yeah, 100%. There are plenty of flowers all around. Not really um, green flowers, per se. Um, there's plenty of blue ones. Um, but there's lots of green foliage, um, different um, types of plants that you could weave into your hair that would add that uh, pop of green. So you could definitely do that. As you're going through and you're finding these, um, you're kind of beginning to pick up on um, some more heavily indented um, boot prints and tracks um, that are a little bit different than what you're used to. Um, usually you, when you find tracks, it's of animals and this is very much humanoid. Um, and do they look like hunting boots? Um, roll a, uh, I'll say just an intelligence check. Uh, 12. 12? Yeah, you can't really tell what the specific nature of these boots are. Um, they're pretty, they have a really good tread on them. Um, clearly designed for, um, maneuvering difficult terrain. Um, and so... You're not quite sure if it's for hunting specifically or if it's something other than that. Um, you begin to follow these tracks just a little bit. Um, and eventually you come into this little grove and you can see there is um, this mechanical device. It's a trap um, that actually has a fox in it um, just waiting to be found. Um, Do I see anyone else around that maybe uh, set the trap? Not at the moment. You don't see anyone. I would like to look at the trap and see if I can help the fox get out. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, you go up to the trap and the fox begins squirming, um, clearly not, it's panicking and not wanting to be there and stuff like that. So you go up and you're trying to calm it down. Um, roll an animal handling check for me. Uh, 21. Oh, yeah, easily. You go up there and um, you begin to soothe it um, before it eventually calms down. Um, you cover its eyes a little bit um, and you're able to see um, its back, one of its back legs is actually caught in this trap. Um, and through a little bit of deciphering, you've, you've managed to help animals out of traps many times. This is not something terribly new for you. Um, you hope over more than over the years, you've managed to... Um, kind of discourage um, this type of behavior here in this type of the woods or in this section of the woods and trapping in general isn't really something or hunting in general isn't really something people do in Vianola. Um, so it's probably an outsider. Yeah, so you probably, uh, there's definitely like hunting, but it's a little bit more respectful and ceremonial. Um, the wood elves that you grew up with um, taught you about the balance between life and the circle of life and how um, you must be respectful and grateful for that that you've taken, that you're not supposed to take more than you need um, and that you should be respectful to the carcass and all that good stuff. Um, so trapping is kind of a barbaric form of hunting um, that is not really okay with you. Um, and so you definitely get the sense that it wasn't... Um, it wouldn't have been any widows that were doing this. Um, mm -hmm. And so you managed to actually get this trap pried open, um, at which point this fox gets up very quickly and begins jaunting off. Um, thankfully, it's not too injured, it seems like. Um, it didn't seem like it broke its leg or anything like that. It kind okay. of um, went off very quickly. So you're not too Could concerned about that. Could the trap be used again? Like, is it one of those... Um, reusable traps to where if I don't do anything then it'll be able to catch another fox. Yeah, yeah. What it looks like is it's a spring-loaded trap that, that in order to like disengage it you have to like um, relock it um, with that plate and so um, by prying this open you basically reset this trap. 
um, I'd like to take a stick okay. um, that I see and I'd like to put it in the trap so okay. that it's not open for another animal to walk through. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you have to get a pretty big stick so as to not make sure that your hand accidentally gets caught in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, again, you've done this many times. You know the uh, the little quirks to make sure that you don't get hurt while you're doing this. So you find a large enough stick and you poke that trap and it clamps down on it pretty aggressively. Um, you're kind of impressed that this fox wasn't really hurt um, mm-hmm. before um, it is now disengaged. Was the trap um, put in a place to where it was covered by plants? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it looks like it was disguised and, and kind of blended into the environment. Um, Can I make it more seeable? Like, even though it's been um, closed, if it were to open again, could I mm-hmm. make it to where it would be more visible to animals or other oh. people? Yeah, 100%. You could definitely like just put it up on top of the grass or okay. on top of a bush or at the base of a tree, um, a place that's not really covered. This is a small little um, grove, probably only like 20 feet in diameter that they put this in. Uh, okay. And so there's plenty of places all around that you could definitely hide that or not hide that. But yeah. Yeah. Okay. I do that and I take a moment to hold Ginger close to me and mm-hmm. just think about how it might feel if she ever got in a trap like that. Mm-hmm. And it's a little bit emotional. Um, <laughs> I give her a little scratch behind the ears and then I put her back in, I offer my pocket to see if uh-huh. she wants to go back in my pocket. At which point she, she does to... and like curls up into a little ball. And I keep walking. I want to keep following those tracks. Yeah, as you follow them, they begin to split off. And you understand that there's now multiple sets of these tracks um, where there would probably be more than just one person. Um, So as you kind of make your way through, basically these footprints each kind of go to one trap. And every time you go and follow a new set, there's um, a trap um, before they all kind of like lead back to... Um, this kind of gathering point and like head out in another direction. Um, mm. What are you, are you going to disengage As all I those traps? Through, yeah. Yes. And I'd like to make them be put in an area where they're easily seen yep, as yep, well. Definitely. And yeah. um, make sure there's no other animals that are caught in them. Mm-hmm. But I'd like to see if um, I would know by living in the forest, if the direction of the prints or the boot prints are going in an area that I might be concerned about. Like maybe an animal's uh, home or mm. a wood elf village or something like that. Yeah, okay. I see what you're saying. Go ahead and just roll a survival check for me. Um, eight. Okay, yeah. The the tracks meander a lot. Um, and okay. so it's kind of hard to get a general sense of the direction that they're going to or where they came from. Mm-hmm. Um, and this particular area you're familiar with, but not to the point that... Um, like you could just pinpoint and be like, okay, if you go 300 yards in this direction, there's a village or there's a, a, right. ho- a hovel there or something like that. Right, um, right. So you feel like at the moment there's, it's just kind of hard to tell. Um, you, you think that you probably would just need some more information to be able to figure that out. All right. I'd like to keep following, but if it gets to a point to where I'm hearing other people or mm-hmm. I'm hearing other noises, I'm going to climb a tree to make sure that I'm not seen. Okay. Yeah. You begin making your way down this, uh, basically this trail that's been cut through the forest. Um, you can tell that they're um, like the further down you, you traveled and the more that you kind of analyze these tracks, the more you realize that they're pretty deep and like cut through the grass. So there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of people traveling over this. Um, and you begin to make your way through before um, eventually just ever so faintly in the distance, you can hear 
murmuring and clanking um, and just general hustle and bustle of, of a group of people. I'd like to climb a tree. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, you grab a tree um, and you can see just in the distance, um, there's a small little grove. Again, probably no more than 20 feet or so. Um, just, these are quite common here. There's low patches in the trees. Um, and in it, you can see that there is a set of um, six tents, all kind of in a circle, five of them being white and one of them being a black tent, all kind of around this um, central fire that's been made. Um, it looks like it's a pretty well-contained fire, um, that they're being pretty respectful about that. Um, so you're not too worried about um, things going out of control or out of hand or anything like that. But um, yeah, there's this little campsite, basically. All right, I'd like to... Um travel from tree to tree to try mm. to get over yeah. the camp okay. but I um if I go down a tree I'm not going to go all the way down I'm only going to go low enough to hear conversation mm -hmm. if they speak the same language yeah. as I do mm -hmm. yeah so you begin making your way over um go ahead and roll um another acrobatics check for me Um, 21. Nice. Yeah. You, like Tarzan through the jungle, are making your way <laughs> through these trees. Um, no problems. You're jumping from branch to branch. You look like this little monkey that's just swinging through <laughs> if someone were to notice you. And you manage to get close enough. Uh, and now that you're closer, you can see that there's um, quite a few people here in this campsite. Um, as you got closer, the tents looked fairly small from the distance. But as you got closer, they're actually all pretty sizable. Um, enough that they could fit probably several people in each one. Um, and as you go through, you can see that there are what looks like soldiers kind of hanging out in this camp. Um, some that are around the campfire, um, which is going and there's a little pot over it, um, each with a bowl and a spoon. Um, others that are just talking, there's a couple that are sharpening weapons. Um, they all seem to have been uh, dressed in their armor. Um, and as you go through, um, it is a white armor, um, like a, a painted white armor with golden trim around it. Um, looks like it's all in plate mail. Um, very well taken care of. Um, there's a decorative emblem on the front. Um, it's what looks like um, it's kind of uh, hexagonal. Um, really, it's not, I shouldn't say hexagonal. It's more like it's a square with the corners cut off. Um, mm -hmm. So not quite their even sides. Um, and inside of it, it has um, what looks like a three-headed hydra that all kind of goes back and f that goes out one direction with the body and then the heads are turned back the other direction um, with um, the middle head breathing fire. Do I recognize it? Roll an intelligence check. Or actually roll a uh, history check. I probably don't recognize it. <laughs> Seven. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you have done a really good job of staying very isolated throughout your whole life. And even throughout your childhood, you were well educated on the ways of your people and um, things that would be important to your life as, you know, ceremonial rituals, how to be respectful to the land, how to manage the land around you, stuff like that. But general symbols and um, stuff like that of the rest of the world, um, governments, other countries, stuff like that, um, never really something that you were educated on. Um, you right. know that probably up in some of the bigger cities, cities, bigger tribes in Vianola, um, they probably would have a little bit more to do with that as ambassadors for um, the people of Vianola. But you being from the small village and then being by yourself for so long, don't quite recognize this symbol. All right. Um, 
I'd like to get closer to the soldiers that are sharpening weapons, okay. and I want to see what they're talking about, if they speak the same language as I do. Okay, um, yeah, go ahead and roll a stealth check. Non-natural 20. Non-natural 20, perfect. Yeah, you managed to get a little bit closer, basically right on the edge of this grove, um, on the side. Um, you managing to stay nice and close to the trunk of the tree um, and try and stay just kind of ever so slightly behind it. Um, and as you're going, there's just a couple of soldiers there. Um, they look strong and beefy, um, all very much like probably people that you wouldn't want to get into a fight with, it seems like, right. just some of the general nature. Um, and so going through, you begin to just listen to their conversation um, and they're not having a ton of conversation. Um, one of them looks over at the other. You can see that he um, he's not wearing a helmet at the moment. So another human um, with kind of shaggiest blonde hair, um, clean shaven. Um, you think that he might have brown eyes. You can't really tell from this distance, um, but you're going through and you listen to him and he kind of turns over to this other guard and he's like, so you uh, you know anything about what we're, what we're gonna find, what we should be expecting? We're supposed to be there in a few days. Um, at which point the other um, guard goes through, uh-oh, um, and is, um... Did the stream cut out? Please pardon our network problems. Cool. Are we back? I think we're back. I think so. So, we were in the middle of describing this conversation that you had, that you were overhearing. Mm -hmm. Um, one of these guards had asked about, um, if the other knew where they were going or what they were doing or what to expect when they were as to where they were going mm -hmm. um at which point this other guard um again another fairly large beefy man um this time he has uh black hair um and he looks um to have ever so slightly sharper features um possibly like half elf mm -hmm. something along those lines um and he goes and turns and just goes i don't know man like we were assigned for this task force but like I don't know if I'm being honest. And he kind of like leans over and whispers. Um, and he just goes, um, Prazia seems, I, I just, I don't like, I don't like it. You know, uh, that, that sometimes where I, I question if, if this is at, at which point, um, that black tent opens up and you can see, um, a pretty tall man, probably about six, six, um, not like, hulking huge by any means mm -hmm. um but definitely not um lean either pretty pretty rugged man um with a dark grayish skin um he currently has um kind of these black um baggyish pants that go down to these boots um and then he is exposed from the chest up with golden bands that go down around his neck and across his biceps um and you can say there's a number of different um what almost looks like tribal um decorations you know feathers and beads and stuff like that um but what's the most concerning about him is that um he has from what the back of what you can see has like this jet black hair that's kind of streaked back and um almost in dreads mm -hmm. but from the outside you can't see his face quite yet but it looks like it's framed in this gold um mask is kind of what you're thinking um uh, with these two like um two not horns, but like plates that come out the side of it. Um, at which point the two guards immediately hush. Um, the, um, the, the man that just appeared, um, from this black tent, 
um, looks out and you can immediately see all the guards begin to look at them, but he doesn't say anything, um, but they all begin to um, stare for just a little bit before beginning to pack up their camp. Hmm. All right. Um, hmm. I'm going to stay put and I'm okay. going to watch. Um, I think that my hiding place is pretty good, so I'm yeah, going to stay definitely. here for as long as possible. But are they packing up with haste? Like, are they in a hurry? They're not in a terrible hurry. Um, clearly, you know, they don't want to be lollygagging. They don't want to be taking up too much time. But it's not. it doesn't look like they're, like, super eager to get on the road. Um, as they're packing up, um, you can see that they break down their tents and... Um, about four people to each tent is kind of what you're getting. You go through and you start counting the guards, and there's about 20 of these soldiers along with this one um, ringleader, you would assume. Um, and so they go through and they begin packing up everything. Some of them are packing up the poles. Some of them are taking um, some of the uh, material that they use to actually make this tent, stuff like that. They're packing up stoves and food and stuff like that. It looks like it's pretty split between um, about every four guys. They basically break down the tent into four different things and bring that down. Um, and as they're going through, you can see um, this one grayish figure. He turns um, and begins like just scanning about and you can see um, what looks like a expressionless gold mask over his face um, with just black sockets where his eyes would be and a small little slit where his mouth would be. Um, and it just seems like a black void behind it. There's no shadows going in there. There's no light reflecting off. It's just a black void. Um, and as you look, there's actually like little bits of smoke that kind of come up above his head. Um, and I, he's going through and he's turning and he's watching these soldiers pack up um, before he goes into his tent, comes back out with this, um, what looks like a book, a black, uh, blackened tome. Um, go ahead and roll a perception check for me. 19. Nice. Yeah, so you're, you lean just a little bit more forward um, just so you can get a better look at what he's doing. And he pulls out this blackened tome and begins flipping through it. And it looks like this tome has been burned at some point. Um, many of the pages are black with, you know, scorch marking around the edges or um, they're just falling out. You can see there's several pages that aren't connected to the binding anymore and just tucked into the page. Um, this book is tattered and broken and destroyed in many ways um, and begins gently flipping through it trying to be very careful before he gets to this one page um, and begins to settle on it and study it and kind of look about as to where he is um, before um, setting the book down he sits down in front of his tent and sets the book down in front of him um, you can see as you look there there's a bowl um, on this golden um, kind of four-pronged pedestal there's this black um, looks like it's made of like an onyx um, mm. type of stone um, with water floating in it and he sets the book down in front of this and begins staring into the water um, and he does that for about five minutes without moving before he finally um, lifts his head closes the book and begins to pack up his tent hmm. while trying to be quiet still mm -hmm. I'm going to kind of whisper to Ginger, be like, mm -hmm. what do you think that's about? He's kind of creepy. She, <laughs> <laughs> she uh, chirps just a little bit and, and chitters, um, but she, you can tell that she's also freaked out. Like, this yeah. doesn't seem natural, and so, her being just a, a regular animal, she's like, hey, this is not okay. Yeah. Um, when I see that, I try to just 
make my pocket go over her head a little bit and mm. say, now, I know you don't like this, but I don't want you to be scared. We can't be making mm. any noise. And so I just mm. kind of like tuck her head in to make sure that she doesn't have to see anything to scare her, but um, yeah. keep her safe at the same time. Definitely. But nice. I just want to wait until they're all gone so I can check out the camp and then follow. Okay. Yeah, it takes probably about 20 minutes for them to get completely packed up. Um, once again, um, just before they begin to head out, they all look at this golden masked figure um, and you don't hear anything before they fall in line behind him and he pulls out this book and begins to lead them through the forest. Um, and they march along behind him, um, not terribly concerned about the environment. Like they aren't trying to be super stealthy or um, careful. Um, they're also not like, you know, going through and chopping down trees together. Okay. Way. Like they'll move around it. They're yeah, trying to like yeah. move fairly efficiently and stopping to, you know, destroy the landscape to make it easier for them to traverse in the future is not something that they're looking to do. Okay. Um, you kind of get the sense that they're here for something and they don't really want to waste any time. Um, you wait that little bit of time as they begin to disappear mm -hmm. and then you wait um, a few more minutes just to really let them kind of get ahead before you head down into this campsite. Um, it's interesting. There is, um, it looks like something that would be fairly normal, um, where there's just the flattened grass where the tents were. There's um, a little bit of ash in this ring of stones that they had their camp uh, fire around. Um, the only thing that's really concerning to you is where that black tent was. Um, all the grass beneath that is dead. Um, and it looks almost like um, there's just veins of this blackish, energy that kind of go out from that patch just ever so slightly not like spreading very fast or far um but just enough to kind of be of concern what does ginger do when i'm by the tent so the tent's no longer there but um I mean, yeah. she yeah she recoils further into your pocket she does mm. not like being around that all right i am um... i take mental note of that mm -hmm. and I try to make sure there's no animals around that could get sick by eating the dead grass or something. And then yeah, yeah. I'm going to start to follow, but I'm definitely going to go by tree, especially if they're not worried about chopping down the trees. I'm going to stay mm -hmm. where I'm comfortable. And I just want to see maybe if I can get a closer look at the book um, mm -hmm. and or maybe just like where they're going. I just want to follow. Yeah, definitely. Um, you make your way through. It's not hard to track them at all. Um, they're not being stealthy. They um, kind of leave a path to the forest as they um, flatten the grass and kind of move around bushes and stuff. So it's not like they're terribly difficult to follow. Um, and you begin making your way through. You're trying to go quickly um, so you can catch up to them, which you do um, before you get into the trees and try and just kind of keep pace with them as you travel through the trees. Um, you manage to try and get up towards the front, um, at which point that you can see this golden figure has the book closed and it's just marching silently forward. Um, go ahead and roll a perception check for me again. Uh, ten. Yeah, so again, you can tell that it's burned. You can see that there's um, script across the front of the cover. Um, can I tell what language it, it's in at all? Um, it looks to be um, Elvish. Okay. Um, the language that's written in, but um, you can't quite tell what it um, what it's saying quite yet. Um, so you just try to keep pace. Um, eventually, probably about three hours later, they stop 
Um, and the masked figure just stops and sits down, um, not turning to face his troops or anything like that. He just sits down cross-legged um, with this book in his lap, um, not looking through it at all, just sitting there, a quiet, silent sentinel as um, his soldiers, um, you, you think that they probably have seen this a couple of different times. And so they now know that they have probably about 15 minutes to drink water, grab some snacks, relax a little bit. And so they all begin to sit down and just kind of um, refuel and stuff. Um, What's around? So it's just, are we in a uh, clearing these... or anything? Nope, nope. So you're just they just kind of stopped dead in their tracks and um, sat down. Um, so there's not uh, a specific clearing. Um, it's not like you're in a in particularly dense portion of the forest either. It's just this um, spot in the woods that they stopped and sat down. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to whisper to Ginger. I'm just going to ask mm-hmm. her. Do you think I should try to get a better look at the book? I think I can get down safely, but um, I might be seen. Um, um, Ginger gives you a look of confusion, but also like excitement. Mm-hmm. So take that as you will. Okay. All right. I would like to try to carefully lower down mm-hmm. on the tree just yeah. to look at the cover of the book. Um, mm-hmm. I speak Elvish and Sylvan, so yep. I want to try to see if it really is Elvish that I saw and if I can make out any words or um, or any more about the gold figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead and roll a stealth check. <clears throat> okay, please. <laughs> okay. Um, 10. Just flat 10. Okay. Yeah. Um, I need to check this. I'm I scared. <laughs> book. This is... Okay. Alright, 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 alright. Very nice. You lucky duck. Um, yeah, you managed to get down just a little bit, slowly creeping your way down. Um... And you get close enough, you can see the cover of this book. It's it's definitely been burned and charred. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like it was like a, la- a leather-bound book that was, um, it's pretty beefy and thick, um, but it was definitely burned. Um, but the, the script across the title is still, um, is still legible. Mm-hmm. Um, and you go to read the title, and it seems like it's in Elvish, but the word that it's spelling out is, it almost looks like gibberish. Mm-hmm. Um but you can see the author is beneath it, and it's, um, it says that the author is Tanavel uh, Vertris. T-A-N-I-V-E-L-L-V-I-R-T-R-I-S. Tanavel Vertris. Okay. Do I recognize that name at all? Roll a history check. Uh, 14. Um, yeah, briefly, you remember for a brief moment when your parents were like, hey, she should be educated on the world and the surrounding places before they gave up because you just weren't interested. Mm -hmm. Um, they talked about, um, this elven historian that, um, is pretty famous. Um, and it was Tanavo Virtus. Um, he's kind of famous for writing, um, a lot of different stuff. He was old enough to be around during, um, the trial and kind of have seen that he actually only died within the last 50 years or so 
um, was a very, very old elf when he, when he passed away um, and was very famous for writing very um, extensive tomes on different historical events that happened throughout history. Okay. So, okay. Hmm. All right. And the figure, is he just mm-hmm. sitting almost like um, he could be in meditation or prayer? Yeah, you could get that sense. He just is sitting silently with his hands resting on the book, um, or not necessarily on the book, but like on either side of it. Um, and he hasn't moved in like the five to 10 minutes that you've been there. He hasn't moved at all. He's been completely still, perfect posture, um, very relaxed in this, um, in this uh, I think it's Lotus, where like your feet are up and over your shins and stuff yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. Um, where you have to be like super flexible for, and I still can't do it. Yeah, I've been trying for years. Um, <laughs> yeah, so kind of in that in that very um, flexible pose with the book in his lap and his hands on the book, um, just staring straight forward. Mm. And the other soldiers are they just talking amongst themselves? Are they watching? Yeah, they. It's definitely a hushed conversation. Um, you. Go ahead and roll an insight check. Um, 21. Very nice. Yeah. As you're studying these soldiers, they are talking, um, but it's very hushed tones. You get the sense that whoever this person that's leading them is, is not someone that they're used to having in charge and they are. But that they also might know that they need to be quiet when this happens. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get the sense that there's, there's a lot of, stuff that goes with it um they understand that they need to be quiet as they're trying not to draw too much attention um but they also don't want to disturb this figure um you get the sense that there is either a great sense of respect or fear or combination of both Mm -hmm. um and so they're going through and they're they're refueling they're eating snacks they're eating um it looks like dried meats and um drinking water and stuff like that um they have a couple people have um, some bread and some cheese and stuff. So they are, it's not like they're being completely quiet and silent, um, but it's definitely not, um, not rowdy nat- or anything. Yeah. They're definitely not rowdy by any means. Um, and would probably be a little bit quieter than a normal, um, troop would be. Um, and so they're definitely, there's definitely that sense of, of, uh, reverence to it. All right. Um, knowing that, it's not exactly um, silent, but I definitely don't want to make a lot of noise. I'm going to try to get back up higher in the tree, but be uh-huh. a little more careful than I might have yeah. been before. Um, okay. Using my daggers, but maybe I don't take it out all at once before I put it in the other. Maybe I slowly take mm-hmm. it out before I put it in. Just try to um, climb the tree undetected, considering yeah. I'm so close to the book yeah um go ahead and roll one more stealth check um are you proficient in stealth yeah okay perfect um that's 19 yeah definitely um you are much more careful this time making sure to uh, be very very precise with your actions and very um, intentional with what you're doing and where you're placing um these tools that you're using to get up and you make your way back up into this tree um, about when you get to the to the branch that you're on um you can see this um this masked figure grab the book um put it off to the side stand and then grab the book and begin marching again all right 
I'm going to um I'm going to wait until the right. last soldier um passes by me before I pass through the trees just to make sure that they don't hear me. Um mm -hmm. and then I'm going to try to follow again. I'm very intrigued by whatever they're yeah. doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um you go through and you do all that, making sure to maintain your safe distancing, making sure that there's nothing going on, uh, making sure that you're not making any noises that would um allow them to detect you or anything like that. Um and they go through um, are you going to follow them all day? Yeah. Um, okay, I don't really have anything else to do, and yeah. I feel like this could be something dangerous that I might need yeah. to protect animals or the forest. Yeah, um, definitely. just want to make sure that, that what they're doing isn't anything that might put animals or plants in danger in that respect. Yeah, definitely. Um, as you follow them throughout the day, they go through that same exact situation two more times. Um, again, it's another two to three hour stretch of them marching on basically silently um, before eventually this figure will stop, sit down, put the book down. Um, the third time that he goes through, he actually is opening, he has opened the book and it looks like he's looking through it. Um, but the, the soldiers does, again do that. Um, can I see if it's writing or if there's drawings or maps or something like that when he flips through? Yeah. Definitely. Roll one more perception check for me. Okay. Um, 15. Yeah, nice. Um, again, you get up close, um, close enough that you can see it. Um, and you're going through and he, uh, again, most of the pages look like they're burned. Um, even the right. ones that he's looking at, they look like they're half burned. Mm -hmm. um, as you can see, he goes through and as he's putting his hands over, um, there, every once in a while you'll see um, where there was a burned section, there's this little um, like silverish shimmer um, throughout that almost makes lines. Um, and so, yeah, um, he's going through and it looks like it's allowing him to kind of read the whole page and not just the unburned sections. Mm. Um, and as you go through, you really try and pay attention to um, the shapes and the symbols and the calligraphy and stuff like that. Um, and it is in Elvish. Um, it looks like it's written in Elvish. Um, and there is a combination of, um, uh, text and maps and stuff like that. As you're going through, you can see, um, you kind of recognize the general landscape to that of the forest of Vianola. Um, and as you're going through, um, you kind of get the sense you kind of can, you can connect the dots as to where you are as to where you are on the map. Right. Um, as it's a pretty well blown up map and you get the sense that the direction that you've been traveling in is heading, um, just ever so slightly south along the what would be the edge of the forest um, just before the Looning Kona Mountains. Um, as you look through it, um, you can see that there seems to be one little marker um, a little further ahead of where you think you guys are. Um, looking at what I can see, do I, does it look like I've been there before? Um, you have explored a lot of the forest um, but you've stayed pretty well, fairly deep into it. You haven't really left the forest or gone out to the boundaries of it, um, just as that's just never something that you really did when you were younger, right. and it was 
it prevented or presented opportunities to be out of um, a protected space where you can easily hide and kind of ditch, you know, mm-hmm. going into the mountains where it's a, ne- a place that you had never really been or into any sort of open clearing. Um, just with the nature of how you were raised, it just isn't safe for you to do that right. um, most of the time. And so you really kind of stayed away from the borders of Yanola um, and stuff like that. So you haven't been quite this far south um, into this very bottom corner of the forest of Yanola. Um, not quite there yet. All right. Um, I'm going to ask Ginger again, and I'm going to kind mm. of be like, now I know we've never done this before, but I feel like we should follow, even if it means there won't be any trees to hide us. I mm. feel like there's something going on that we might have to step into, but... I don't want you to be uncomfortable or scared, so if you really don't want me to, I can try to find another way. Mm. Um, Ginger kind of looks at you before pulling out a nut and just kind of gnawing on it and, like, leaning on your chest and just kind of, like, noms on it. I, like, pet her and I pretend, like, she has, like, just admitted something very emotional to me. Oh, yeah? And I'm just like, <laughs> I know, I know, I love you too, don't worry, you'll be safe. <laughs> and I, I put her back in my pocket, but I make sure that, like, there's enough, like, you know how pockets can sometimes do that, or they can, like, open a little bit? I'll open mm-hmm. it a little bit, make her so that she doesn't have to, like, use as much physical exertion to eat her air, acorn. Um, yeah. And then I'm just going to stay put again. I kind of want to see where that point is. And then once I know what it is, then I'll decide whether I want to keep following or I want to go back to the forest where I feel mm-hmm. safe. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So um, you figure this all out on basically the third time that they stopped. Um, they get up and they march one more time before eventually um, stopping in a small clearing again and mm-hmm. setting up their camp. Um, you can see it's rather interesting. Um, there, This figure um, has um, what looks like two... Um, onyx um, little squares of like stone um, and he'll go up and he finds whatever spot it is that he's wanting to go to and he just stacks them ever so gently so that they're leaning against each other um, and a tent will pop out out of that little um, figurine um, before it goes and enters it um, as soon as he enters there's little bits of smoke that kind of come out of um, a small little opening in the top of his tent. Um, as now that you're a little bit closer and you've managed it, you've gotten a little bit braver and been willing to stay just a hair closer. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see that this is a black, um, like a jet black tent with like gold um, stitching and stuff like that. Um, there's no symbols or decorum on the sides, um, and it's just this kind of dark spot in the landscape. So, Melora has heard of magics like this before, mm-hmm. but she's never seen them. So. She might have to stop herself from, like, exclaiming when she sees something like this because she's heard, like, her mother told her stories, of course, when she was a child. But, of course, Mm -hmm. when you're a child and then you grow up, you wonder if your mother only told you fairy tales or if they're real. So Mm -hmm. she kind of has a little bit of a crisis in this moment where she's like, oh, my God. (laughs) She, She wasn't daft. Like, she was telling me the truth about these magics. And so she kind of, like, she might exclaim a little bit when she sees this because she's never seen anything like it before. Mm hmm nice um yeah no you're definitely having a little bit of a crisis a because 
there are people in your forest that aren't from here and that look like they're here for something specifically and you don't really know what it is. Mm -hmm. There's also this new figure that is rather creepy and the stuff of your nightmares mm -hmm. that, again, is like the stuff that your mother would tell you to scare you to like go to bed at night. Right, um, and to not go And now it's right there. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and now it's here, tracing through your land. Um, and you, you know that there aren't a whole lot of villages nearby. And so there's not like, there's a ton of people that you could go to, to help out with this. You and feel I don't like even you could be them. on your own like, and you, exactly, you know, I've only so ever this watched. is definitely, yeah, you're definitely having a little bit of like a, uh, a crisis right now. Um, eventually the, the camp gets set up and they go through and they spend probably about an hour. Um, putting together a, a, a gruel of some sort um, and feeding all the soldiers. Um, it looks like the mass figure um, gets up at one point and goes into the forest um, by himself. Do you want to try and follow him or are you going to stay with the camp? I follow. Very nice. But before um, I do, while they're setting yeah. up that during that hour, I'm just going to take out the berries that I picked earlier, make sure mm -hmm. that the ones that I know about, that my mother taught me about, and make sure I'm not mm -hmm. mistaken them for others, and then I'm going to eat a couple just so... I'm sort of nice. hungry after doing a lot of tracking. Oh, yeah, 100%. Very nice. Yeah. Uh, most of them were, were um, pretty good. You've done, you've done a good job of not um, wasting time picking berries that you already know that you can't eat. So yeah. you, you're pretty confident in most of the stuff already. Um, but it's always good to double check. You know, there was a, a one time a few years back where you didn't double check and you were sick for days Ugh. and it was just not a great time. So you very much learned to double check always. Um, and so you do that and... And before long, that mass figure does get out of his tent and move out into the forest, right. um, at which point you begin to go follow him. And he goes out um, only not very far, probably about 20 or 30 feet um, before he finds um, a fairly sizable tree. Um, I make sure can... that that's not the tree that I'm in. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not the tree that you're in. Um, you've kind of... It was interesting because you were just on the outskirts of their camp. So their camp was like over here and he went like this way. So you were able to kind of keep an eye on him All from right. your tree as it was kind of this middle ground. Mm. Um, and he doesn't go very far um, before he stops in this in front of this pretty sizable tree, probably about six feet in diameter. Um, you know, not a huge, ridiculous tree, but still pretty sizable. Um, and so he goes up to this tree um, and you can see he takes his mask off from behind. Um, and you're looking at him from behind, so you can't quite see what his face looks like. Um, and as soon as he does take his mask off, the smoke begins to billow even more so. Um, and he just gently places his face against um, this tree, and you can see the tree begin to wither and suck in. And it's almost like all the moisture is being sucked out of this tree um, before eventually. Um, and it's just in like a like a five foot, ten foot area. Um, so this tree withers around before eventually it gets so thin that it snaps and begins to fall. Um, Am I in the way? No, no, no. It falls away from you. All right. Um, so you don't have to worry about that. Um, Do you mind point... if I make a wisdom save to see if I, like, freak out? Go for it. All right. All right. Uh, 16. Yeah, nice. Uh, you managed um... to hold your composure. Yeah. Very nice. But I'm very um, scared. I'm not comfortable. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and he begins just making his way along this tree. Um, he has put his mask back on, but he's just gently placing his hands on either side of um, the bark and has begun just sucking the life force out of this tree. Um, and it's a pretty sizable tree. There's probably about 40 to 60 feet of tree that he has to go through um, before he's going to be finished. All right. Uh, I'd like to make sure that Ginger doesn't see this because I'm sure that this would give her nightmares as if she's not <laughs> going to get them already. So nice. I'm going to like 
kind of cover her, but again, not to make her feel claustrophobic or anything like that, but just to make her feel safer because I don't want her to be seeing this. This is very scary. And, mm-hmm. you know, we live in trees, and so to, to just see a tree just destroyed like that, like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just definitely. want to cover her and make her feel safe. And definitely. I'm very intrigued. Does it look like um he's just... Does the smoke look like it was only coming out of his face or from his hands as well? Um, when he was, when he had his face against the tree, it was coming from his face. Um, now there's a gentle little bit uh, coming from his hands as he's dragging his hands along this. Um, and then there's still that little, much smaller, gentle amount of smoke coming from his mask. Okay. Um, as you're looking about, you can see that he is slowly making his way through this tree. And then you just take a glance back at the campsite um, and you can see that it's, it's mostly empty at this point. Um, it, the sun is beginning to set, and so a lot of the soldiers have made their way into their tents. Okay. Um, there's about one or two that are out um, just kind of by the campfire. You can see that they're um, facing opposite sides of each other so they can watch behind each other. You're getting that this is um, kind of who's on watch for tonight, mm-hmm. um, but just about everybody else has gone to bed, and this figure is off uh, on his own right now. All right. I'd like to stay for just another moment and watch mm-hmm. him do this. And mm-hmm. then when he starts to go back, I want to go back as well. And I might be a little more ballsy, so to speak. And I might mm-hmm. want to go see what I can see in the camp itself. But at the same time, being sure not to reveal myself and sort mm-hmm. of watch and um, see what kind of people the watchmen are. Maybe when mm-hmm. they blink or when they get tired and mm-hmm. if they're not so... Um, perceptive of one spot of the camp, so to speak. But I just want to watch and see how the camp is working and who's watching and what do they watch and is there a spot that's not watched, so mm-hmm. to speak. Yeah, roll a perception check. Ooh, 23. Yeah, you're going through and you're watching... Um, and this this mask figure is taking a really long time to move through this move through this tree. Mm-hmm. Um, it took probably about ten minutes um, for the initial topple, and it's probably been about thirty minutes or so, and he's only made it about ten feet. This is a very slow process of basically slowly murdering this tree and yeah. stealing its essence. Um, and so that's very disturbing to you, but you try and keep an eye on these guards to kind of see if you might be able to find an opening. And as you're going through and paying attention to them, you're realizing that they really don't care. Um, they're just kind of sitting there. Um, one of them has a book that they're reading. Um, the other one is just sitting, like staring into the fire. Um, every once in a while they'll hear a snap and kind of look over. Um, but at this point you get the sense that they've been out in the woods for a while without seeing anybody. So they're kind of at the point where they're just like, okay, if there's something out there, it's probably some small animal and nothing's going to be bothering us. Um, so there's quite a, a lackadaisical laziness to their watching. All right. I really want to stop the masked figure, but I'm not in any sort of position to instigate a fight. I will defend myself mm-hmm. and I will defend an animal, but I feel like in this moment it would be smarter for me to just watch. Mm-hmm. Unless, of course, he goes for an animal or anything like that, then I feel like I'll have to intervene. But I want to figure out what exactly he's here for and mm-hmm. if I can stop it, because I definitely don't want him doing that to the entire mm-hmm. forest. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you're going through and you're just kind of like watching him and eyeballing him trying to just decide what might be the best course of action and there is something that you do notice is that he doesn't have the book with him um, 
he, he has, um, he just has his trousers. Um, I say trousers loosely. They're not like typical formal wear or anything that you would typically wear. They're very much unique to his kind of aura. Um, and then his golden bangles and bands and all that. Um, but he doesn't really have like a weapon on him or the books or anything like that. He's just there with him doing this. All right. When I was watching the guards, mm-hmm. were they paying attention to the black tent? You think that they very much try to avoid anything that they can with that tent. All right. What you gonna do? Mm. All right, I'm going to gauge and see about how much longer I think it'll take for him to absorb the rest of the tree. Yeah, um, just make a simple intelligence check just to see how well you can do the math. Fifteen. Yeah, um, you're going through, and you've you think about how long it's taken him to get through the the probably about twenty feet or so that he's gone through, which has probably been about. 15 minutes or so to get through this amount of tree mm-hmm. um and he still has about 40 feet to go All right. um, so you get the feeling that you probably have about half an hour of time before uh he would be coming back if he were to go through the whole tree all right i'm going to move to the tree away from him so that if i do talk to ginger again that sh- he won't hear me but also okay. in an area to where the guards won't hear me either and i'm yeah, just going to take ginger out of my pocket carefully and I'm going to place her on the branch, and I'm going to tell her, you stay here. I cannot have you in danger. I'm going to do something, and I may not come back, but I need you, if anything happens to me, to just go back in the tree, find your acorns, and I will come for you. If something bad happens to me, you cannot come for me. Do you understand? Ginger kind of looks at you, and she's sad for just a moment before she kind of like curls up on the branch and just kind of sits there staring at you. All right, good girl. And um, I'm going to move, and I'm going to look around to see if I can find a rock that might make a good enough sound if I threw it to make the guards want to check it out. Oh, yeah, there's there's pretty sizable rocks all around you. Um, You could easily find something of, you know, a a fist size or more um, that you could chuck. All right, so I'm going to pick up maybe two. And mm-hmm. I'm going to throw them not on the side of the forest where I just left Ginger and that man, uh-huh. but um, away and then see if there um, is an opportunity to check out the black tent. Yeah, okay. Um, you roll an athletics check to see how far you can throw this. Nine. Okay. Um, yeah, you, you chuck it and it gets just past the camp, just enough that it's on the other side. Um, and it does make a little bit of noise, at which point the guards um, kind of look around, um, but not enough to um, really cause them to get up quite yet. Um, right. Roll one more athletics check for the second stone. That's better. 15. There you go. Yeah, this one you're like, okay, really got to put some heft into it. Um, so you kind of stretch out your shoulders a little bit and then hurl this thing um, and it managed to go quite a bit further um, at which point it actually bounces off like two or three trees before landing um, at which point the guards um, kind of stand up and they look around um, they lazily like grab their swords and just begin moseying their way over um, enough that there's nobody in the camp apparently. all right now is the black um, tent up against other plants like if I needed to run out and hide would I be able to if I needed to 
kind of it's it's about five feet into the grove um so there's not like there's immediately a, like something that you could jump into or anything like that but it is close enough that with like three seconds of time you could probably right. make your way into the forest and find something i'm going to make my way down and make sure that i look around and that the guards are still occupied and then i'm mm-hmm. gonna just book it for the tent okay um yeah no you definitely go ahead and do that um, the guards are gone, uh, and the one figure seems to be by himself. And so you manage to make your way through. Um, it's not particularly stealthy, um, just because you are booking it, but mm-hmm. because of that, you manage to kind of avoid um, detection just because you're moving quickly enough that you're not making too much noise. Mm-hmm. Um, and you kind of duck into this tent really quickly. Um, and inside, it's um, way hotter than it is outside in the, rest of the, in the rest of the world. You're immediately kind of hit with this wall of steam, um, and... Um, inside of it, there is a small, um, circle, probably about two feet in diameter that is, um, totally, um, rotted out, um, and the grass is dead. Um, inside the tent, you can see there's a couple other things. There's uh, a little, um, like, uh, stool basically that's kind of wide enough that if you were to sit in front of it, it would act as a table, at which point there's the book, mm-hmm. um, and there's, um, one, uh, dagger with um, a black leather handle and golden um, intricate carvings and in the um, pommel and in the guard um, around this little dagger that seems to have this like onyx um, blade on it um, and so the book and the blade are right there and then right next to that there is that golden pedestal with the bowl um, that you saw earlier um, right. and then it's just that's the only thing in this tent all right so first I'm going to make up a good um, escape route so that if mm-hmm. I need to. There's a place for me to just quickly run, and then I can yeah. find Ginger later. She's a good girl. She'll stay where she needs to be. Um, yeah. But I also can't help myself, and I'm not used to seeing such shiny things, and so I might really mm. go for the dagger as well. But um, I'd like to put the book and the dagger in my pack. But before I touch the book, I want to be very careful, and I want to mm-hmm. kind of like tap it to see if anything happens to me. And then if nothing mm-hmm. happens to me, then I'll stuff it in my bag. Okay. So you go through, and you quickly um, trying to do things as efficiently as possible and trying to like think and manage all these different things at the time. You're kind of like scrambling around your brain's kind of in like seven different places at once. Yeah. Um, but you figure out an escape plan. You're like, okay, if I ditch this tent out the way that I came and then I go down and off to the right and through the grove and over there, then I should be fine. Okay. And I can ditch that fast enough. Um, and then you go up to this book. Um, and something that's interesting about the book is that um, you can tell that it was charred and burned at one point, but it looks like it's still slowly burning. Oh, interesting. Um, not like, quickly or it doesn't look like it's gonna be like terribly hot it is warm to the touch okay um but it's not uh it's not like it's on fire um but it's just gently smoldering uh as it's going through just ever so slightly this little wisp of smoke coming coming off of it um so you manage to grab that and you put it into your pack um it's not to the point where you think that you're gonna cause a fire or anything like that in your bag will um, it so hurt my bowl that. that's on my back do your i think what? do i think it'll burn my bowl that's across my I'm back. Probably not. Okay. No, no, no. No, you probably don't think so. All right. Um, you could put it there too um, if you want to do that. And then this intricate dagger um, is a little bit different. You go through um, and as you just ever so slightly touch it, your mind immediately fills with this echoing scream. Oh, good. Um, yeah. So you go through and you take your hand off immediately. And as soon as you take your hand off, the, the screams um, subside and go away slowly. Um, faintly, um, ever so slightly, so you can just barely hear them in the background before um, about 30 seconds later, you can't hear anything again. Um, All right. 
I kind of accept my defeat about not taking the dagger with me, even though it's very pretty and bonny. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to... Is there a slit in the tent that I could possibly see through? Um, yeah, there's the entrance to it. So it's just a regular like um, triangle-shaped tent. All right. um, so the one side that you entered through it has have a slit through the middle that you could pick your head out of. When I look through um, carefully, does it look like the guards have come back? Um, go ahead and... Odd or even? Even. So you're going through and it looks like um, just as you're sticking your head out, you can hear the guards coming back into town, into the camp, um, just kind of wondering what that was before they sit back down. All right. Um, now, do I think that I could lift up the back of the tent and go out in a way that maybe is not meant to be an exit, but that I could make it one? Um, you go and feel the back of the tent to kind of see just how tight it is. Um, and it's fairly loose. You think that you could probably squeeze your way underneath right. it. I'm going to try. And I'm going to try oh. to be quiet, but... Um, the priority is getting out. Yeah, definitely. Go ahead and... What do I want you to roll? Um, just roll stealth for me. Yeah, let's just do that. Yay, 17. Nice. Yeah, you managed to kind of squeeze your way out, um, not letting the, take, the tent shake too much, um, not making too much noise, um, and you kind of crawl your way out before gently getting on like, your hands and feet and then getting back onto your, hand, or onto your feet. Um, and kind of looking around, and it seems like the guards haven't noticed you. All right. Um, and the figure is off in the distance. You can actually see him. You basically have a beeline right to him, um, but he is facing the opposite direction of All you, right. <laughs> still going through that tree. I'm getting pretty close to the end now, though. All right, so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to move um, straight from behind the tent and keep going for about, um, I'd say, 10 minutes before mm-hmm. I climb a tree and I go back around to where Ginger was. I'm not going to go straight to her just because that's where the thing figure was, but I'm going mm-hmm. to try to, just in case they saw my footprints or something like that, that they would go yeah. a different direction than where I actually will end up. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you go through and you do all of that, making sure to uh, very much cover your tracks, make sure that it's very difficult for you to be tracked and stuff like that before making your way back to Ginger. Um, it's probably about a 10 to 15 minute endeavor mm-hmm. as you go through. Um, but when you come back to Ginger... Um, you can see that this figure, this golden mask figure, is back at the tent. Okay. Um, and just as you're getting back to Ginger, the tent like flips over um, as this smoldering, um, the the eyes are now this glowing smoldering red and there's smoke billowing from his mask. Um, and you can actually see just off of his arms that this general smoke as he goes through um, and he picks up one of the guards, silent as a mouse, not making a single noise as he's doing this, aside from the territorial effects of the tent being flipped over. Um, but like his boot steps aren't making noise. He's not breathing hard. Um, the only thing that you can hear is this one guard struggling as he grabs him by the bottom of his breastplate and lifts him off the ground, keeps him up with one arm and reaches underneath his breastplate, sticking his hand deep into his chest. Um, and the man just like withers slowly oh, um, no. before like the armor just clanks down um, at which point all of the um all of the troops uh, begin rustling and making a noise um you get the sense um, you could see that the one troop that was still there almost like winced in pain um for just a second um as they all begin to like come and fall into line i <laughs> does it look like he has a connection to the book to where he might know where it is um you get the sense that as 
uh, you keep watching for just a little bit and these shoot soldiers all line up at which point he goes through individually and looks them deep into like their eyes um, before passing on to the next one um, and then he actually goes in and he goes to each individual tent and goes looking through each person's stuff um, you get the sense that there's not a direct connection to this book that he can like sense it or anything all like right. that um, but that he's actively searching for it all right um, here's what I'm going to do I'm not going to wait for him to find my footprints. I'm going mm. to keep going in the direction that I know they're headed and so that if there is something that I need to stop, I know where to be to mm. do it. But I'm not going to go straight. I'm going to go kind of like at an angle so that I could meet them later. But mm. I am going to move as quickly as I can, as carefully as I can, um, mm -hmm. from tree to tree, as far away as possible. And... Yeah. yeah. Nice. Definitely. Um, yeah, you you begin to move and you can tell that the figure is still making his way through the stuff. So you feel like you have a little bit of time. All right. And so you're trying to move as quickly as you can um, while still being careful. So you're not moving quite your full speed, um, probably about 20 feet per round, um, making your way through, going about staying very careful. Um, roll a survival check to kind of see if you can circumnavigate the forest enough to kind of head in the direction that you want. Uh, 13... Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You're making your way through. Um, it's, it's not difficult terribly. It is getting pretty dark now. Um, at, it's at the point where the sun has just set over the trees. And so, um, it's getting pretty hard to see. You have, um, dark vision, mm -hmm. so you're managing to stay, um, and keep going. Um, but it is getting a little bit more difficult to traverse. Um, thankfully you, you know, the stars well enough that you could tell which way is North. And so you kind of know that right. you generally need to be heading the opposite direction of that. Um, kind of in a little bit of a, um, Southeast direction mm -hmm. from where you were. Um, before about an hour this goes by and you're getting, you're starting to get pretty tired and you can't hear anything in the distance besides, um, the sounds of the forest, right. the birds chirping, um, the nocturnal animals beginning to make their way through and make their, um, make their descent into their activities. All right. I'm going to stop and I'm going to get to the highest perch possible and okay. make sure that the branch is comfortable enough to where I can prop my back and put my feet out, but also that mm -hmm. there is probably... A smaller branch or maybe a hole if ginger um doesn't want to sleep next to me but she usually does but i just want to mm -hmm. make sure that there's enough accommodations to where if she's not comfortable she can find somewhere else to sleep and yeah. then i'm going to bring out the book definitely yeah ginger per no usual appreciates the effort that you put in but is going to stick with you um and stays um in your lap mm -hmm. right now um so she's not in your pocket or on your shoulder she's on your lap mm -hmm. um but you pull out this book and it is still that warm sensation. Um, and you can see, um, it looks as if the burn marks have, haven't made it any further. Um, there's no visible progress to it, so you're not too concerned about that. But you begin flipping your way through um, and there are several pages. It looks like the closer to the front of the cover, the more the pages are burned. Um, and so the closer to the back, the less they're burned. Okay. Um, and you begin making your way through um, and they're all in Elvish. Um, you can see about half of the script most of the time. Um, and there's many passages that you just read the brief descriptions that talk about um, these great battles, epic destruction, cosmic beings going through um, and destroying whole civilizations. Um, stuff that you, you remember your mother talking briefly about um, an event called the trial, um, which was kind of this cosmic uh reckoning that happened 
several thousand years ago, um, just before the current Pantheon was put in place and stuff like that. You don't really know a whole lot about it, um, but you're kind of getting kind of that vibe that it might be from that time period maybe, um, or at least it, it's talking about that time period. Um, and you're just kind of going through before you finally get to um, that page that you were looking at and that that uh, mass figure was looking at um, that has um, the charred little map that you can just barely see a, a marker on. Um, and it kind of talks about a um, this temple hidden in the woods um, just on the um, outskirts of the Enola. Mm. All right. Now, does it say what deity the temple is for? It does not. Hmm. All right. Hmm. I'm going to, when I when Ginger gets comfortable, I'm going to tell her, do not let me sleep in, all right? We need to be <laughs> up bright and early tomorrow so we can try to get there before they do, all right? So nice. if you wake up before me, just do that thing you do with your children in my ear and I'll wake up, all right? And I won't be angry, <laughs> I promise. I will not be angry this time because I'm asking you to do it, all right? She just kind of like chirps and nods. All right. Good night. Very nice. Yeah, so you kind of nestle into this tree, um, keeping the book pretty close to you. Um, you're pretty high up, and so there's just a gentle sway in the branches. Nothing that you're not um, not used to. Uh, so it's nothing that's really all that concerning. It's not like there's a storm coming in or anything like that. Mm -hmm. um, but you make your way, and you eventually find rest. Um, and with you sleeping on this tree, kind of discovering this, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Okay. And we'll be back in about uh, 10 minutes or so. Um, so feel free to go um, grab some snacks and stuff or whatever. But we'll be back in just a little bit. Sweet. So we are back. Yay. Awesome. Yeah, we had just left off. Um, Melora was up in her tree. Um, and she had just kind of read through this charred cinder book that she had stolen from a very creepy golden masked figure with smoke spewing from his face and hands and arms and all that good stuff. Um, probably causing quite the ruckus, but she left before she could really see the consequences of that. So um, she went to bed um, and then she has awoken this next morning um, to another beautiful day as usual. The weather here in Vianola stays pretty consistent. It's pretty um, sunny, not too temperament, especially on the southeast side of this forest where it's a little further from the coast. Um, you don't really have to worry about um, seaside storms coming in or anything like that. Um, so it's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. um, so you wake up and there is um, the birds chirping and ginger kind of snoring ever so slightly um, with this still uh, uh, charred burn, charred book in front of you. It actually managed to keep you like fairly warm um, at night. Um, you were pretty high and so the, the temperature got a little bit cold. Um, but you cold, just kind of hugged. So a little personal Yeah, you, know, you just kind of hugged the book and it worked out really, really well. All right, um, can I tell what time it is, just roughly by how the sun is? or Yeah, um, you usually wake up with the sun, um, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's uh, getting to be close to, the, uh, close to the fall, so it's getting a little bit later that the sun rises, so it's probably like 7 o'clock or so. All right. Now, do I hear, can I make a perception check to see if I hear um, the camp anywhere near what I am? 100% go for it. 17. Nice. Yeah, you don't really hear um, any troops moving about, any talking or marching or anything like that. Um, from what you can tell, there it's just the traditional sounds of the forest surrounding you. All right. Um, I'm going to gently wake Ginger just by what I usually do when I nuzzle her forehead mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit. And I'm going to talk softly to her and I'm going to basically say, 
I think that we should try to find that temple. I mean, we might not like it. I might have to leave you outside, but I feel like we should probably go looking for it. Good morning. <laughs> she just kind of slowly opens one eye, then opens another eye before like stretching out her little paws um, and kind of like <laughs> curling up. And then she just slowly like makes her way up into your pocket and then goes back to sleep mm-hmm. in your pocket. Okay, I like pat gently on the pocket, and um, I'd like to look back on the page mm-hmm. that the map was yeah. on to see if I can kind of figure out how to get to the temple. Okay. Yeah, it's hard because what you would imagine the directions were, or like the general locale, they are, gone. are basically burned off. Um, you get like bits oh, right. and words, and every once in a while it's like south trees look for this boulder stuff like that but there's not really a whole lot of landmarks that it's directing you towards um you just kind of have the general vicinity of this marker um just a little bit south of you um based on kind of where you think you are versus this marker you think that you'd probably be um about 20 or so miles away so about a day's worth of walking um down all right um since ginger is asleep i didn't think she'll want me jumping through the trees Mm -hmm. so i'm going to gently climb down but i'm still going to make sure that i'm in the trees so not on a path so to speak so i cannot be seen but i'm going to keep my ears alert um and i'm going to start walking in the direction that i think i need to go but you know not going super slow but also not trying to bump ginger around so she can still get some sleep yeah definitely um you you've moved about with ginger being sleepy before um, so it's nothing like it's super, super new. Um, it's always difficult and a bit of an inconvenience. Um, but you make your way down this tree um, and th- begin connecting your, your path through other trees and stuff like that pretty easily. Um, staying nice and gentle, you just have to go about it slowly. Um, you get the sense that it would probably take you um, a little more than just a day's travel if you continued this pace um, versus if you like were to get down to the forest floor and actually manage to um, walk pretty cleanly. Um, so it just kind of depends. Um, eventually Ginger does wake up, um, and begin nine on a nut. And so you kind of feel like you can move a little bit faster. Um, All right. and so you make your way down South through this forest. Um, and there's a couple times where you recognize a different landmark. You've kind of made your way down through here, but never really down to the bottom few miles of the forest. Um, mm-hmm. and so you make your way down and over the course of the day, nothing really happens. Um, you begin, as you get to be what you would imagine is about five miles down from um, the edge of the forest, you can see that the um, the general liveliness of the forest kind of diminishes. Um, not so much that there's anything creepy about it, besides the fact that there's just no animals there. Um, still plenty of forest, um, lots of plants and trees and flowers, um, but the number of animals there's still insects every once in a while but um mammals specifically um kind of are not present throughout that little bit um i'd like to test some go for it i'd like to take the book out of my Mm -hmm. bag and just place it on the grass and see if any of the grass died yeah you go and you set it down um and it's not like there's a withering mark or anything like that um there's like one or two singed pieces of grass um but it's not like the patches that you saw in the tent or around the tent where it's like the life force was sucked out of the grass. All right. I put it back and I just wonder if the energy of the book is just making the animals uncomfortable to be around me or if they're close enough behind me to where it's them that's making them uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So with that in mind, I'm going to try to walk maybe 
a little faster, but not fast enough to where I get like unwinded and I get really tired, mm -hmm. but but a little faster. Yeah, yeah you begin uh, moving just a little bit faster, just with a little hustle in your step, um, and you can make your way through. And you spend um, a good amount of time just getting your way closer to this edge of this forest. Um, and as you're going through, every once in a while there's um, a pillar that appears. Um, you'll you'll pass it, and it's just overgrown vines and vegetation and um, just different um, crawling plants that have kind of taken over these um, almost obelisk-style boulders that look just ever so slightly like landmarks like they could be trail markers or something like that um many of them are broken in half or crumpled um and they are they man-made they look like they have been chiseled um with uh, one side of the obelisk has um markings cut into it um in a language that um you don't understand all right um maybe i did not understand it but have i ever seen it um it's Yes, because it's written in um, this really, really old Elvish script. So you kind of... Oh, is it Sylvan? I speak It is Sylvan. not Sylvan. Okay. So okay. you go through and it has some of really similar lettering to that of like ancient, ancient Elvish. Um, not quite the mm -hmm. same as Sylvan, um, but it's just enough and it's just different that you can read it, but everything that it reads seems to be gibberish. Right, like lost in translation or words have different meaning than... Yeah. All right. Um, now, when I see these pillars, does it look like they are making a shape or they're just marking yeah. um, just a spot? It's just every, every probably quarter mile, half mile, um, as you begin making your way, there's a single little marker within about a, a mile radius. You kind of get the feel that like anywhere within this mile long stretch of, of path, there's going to be a marker every every so often. Well, then could I um, make the connection that perhaps this means I'm heading the right direction and this is for the Probably. temple? Okay. Yeah. I'm going to keep following. Um, I'm not going to leave any markers um, on any of the trees since I have these for me. So I'm going to to keep walking and maybe just look out for the markers and try to follow yeah, them. Definitely. Uh, just roll a, a general perception check for me. 14. Nice. Um, is your investigation higher? Uh, no. No? Okay. I should have said investigation, but that we'll just go with the perception roll, so that's probably fine. Um, okay. 14. So yeah, you're going through, and you manage to notice them every once in a while, just enough to keep you on the general track. Um, and so you feel like you're going in the right direction, and after probably about three or four miles, um, mm -hmm. the, the, the ground beneath you becomes um, almost this... Um, like not quite tiled but just flat stones that have been like mm. laid around in this large circle that's been overgrown and there's grout between them and stuff like that um but it's just like this almost tile-esque um, landscape as you go through and there's still like plants and bushes going through and stuff like that uh, but there is just a general change in the landscape as you keep moving forward um when i'm looking around at that spot do i see any um statues or any sigils at the moment no um it's just the the as far as you can see um the general 
bottom layer of the ground is just this kind of tiled stonework. Um, but I'm still in the forest. Yeah, you're still in the forest. There's still plenty of vegetation growing out of it. Um, it's literally, it's just gone from um, loom, I believe it's what it's called, like that, that mm -hmm. fluffy mm -hmm. kind of dirt and branches and stuff to this kind of tiled work beneath you. But there's still bushes and plants and trees growing out of it. Um, it's very much overgrown and um, unkempt. It's not um, well taken care of by any means. And so um, it's just a little, a gentle notice. If you weren't paying attention, you wouldn't have noticed it. Um, All right. If I'm looking, can I see if... Um the stone continues in a sort of pattern like it's like here's a circle maybe it's a rectangle or something to make it seem like this might be the beginning of a temple or mm -hmm. of some sort of structure yeah you're going through and you kind of follow the edge of it and it's a round shape um, almost oval-esque um, as you go around and it's probably about half a mile in diameter from tip to tip of these oval um, and so you go mm -hmm. around imagine it's only taking about 15 minutes to go around it um, and as you kind of make your way towards the center, um, there is nothing. There's um, a little 10-foot circle um, in the center of this oval that has nothing growing out of it. Um, there's no vegetation. It looks very, very clean. It looks like it hasn't been overgrown. Um, and like the, it looks like it's just that, um, like a just fresh tile had been laid that had just been constructed. So, so there's no vegetation on it, however, uh, is the vines that are just on the outside of it, are they dead or are they very much alive? They're totally alive. Um, there's nothing necrotic or um, just natural death occurring. It's literally like overgrown. This, it's this big oval with the vast majority of it overgrown and trees growing out of it and literally nothing that would say, hey, this is a thing except for this one little 10-foot circle in the center of that oval that is clean and pristine and has nothing growing in it. Can I bring out the book and see if there's any circles in it? Uh, yeah, go ahead and just roll an investigation check. Uh, Non-natural 20. Okay. Yeah, you're going through, um, and there's a couple different pages that all have circles on them. Uh, it looks like there's one that has what might have been some sort of sigil on it. You can't make out what the design was. Um, nothing that really helps you figure this out um, as to what like the circle could be or mean or anything like that um, and so yeah you don't really think that there's anything specific in the book that will tell you about this can I touch it yeah you can step into it there's nothing there um, it kind of is a little bit warmer there's like a it's almost like there's a direct beam of sunlight on it um, right because there's no canopy just above that little 10-foot circle it looks like the plants have kind of grown around it um, very much like this circle itself is um, holy or forbidden in nature for the the vegetation to disturb it. When I'm looking at it, can I look at, um, can it rotate? The circle itself? So it's still a, a conglomeration of these tiles and stones and stuff like that. All right. um, so it's not like there's one big stone that needs to be rotated or anything like that. Um, you do notice as you begin to go around, just on the outside of the circle, kind of beneath the vegetation, there are little symbols that are etched into um, each individual stone around them. All right. Um, can I carefully try to move the vines without necessarily breaking them to take mm -hmm. a look at what the symbols are? Yeah, yeah, you can do that pretty easily. Uh, it's kind of interesting. As um, you move one of the vines, um, one of the ones that was on top of the one that you're moving kind of flopped 
into the um, circle itself. And um, it didn't singe or burn or anything like that, but it just slowly withered its way out of the circle before resting outside of it. Um, kind of creepy to a certain extent. Um, but not threatening. Not threatening necessarily. It was slow. It wasn't aggressive at any means. Um, it just fell gently into the circle and then moved out of it very gently. Um, and as you go through, um, go ahead and to check out these symbols, go ahead and roll a... Nate, a, uh, a wisdom arcana check. Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. uh, 14. Nice. Yeah, so you get the general sense that um, the symbols here are designed for a sort of abjuration type of magic um, mm. that is not lethal but just um kind of deterring um or deterring um in the sense that it just wants whatever is in the circle is meant to be um undisturbed now if i took out my dagger mm -hmm. and i found where the sun was shining and i tried to move the sunlight around would mm -hmm. that do anything for me yeah, you go through and you kind of move around and you can make a little beam um, of the sunlight and you kind of move it about. Um, and it's interesting, as you move the, the beam, whatever vegetation it lands on, it moves just a little bit um, and kind of shifts just enough that it stays out of that sunlight. Mm. All right. Hmm. Were the symbols that were on the tiles, anything that I saw in the book when I was looking through it? Um, no, you didn't really see anything. Most of the stuff in the book was descriptions of things um, from what you can get, um, kind of vague. Um, you kind of regain the sense that this might have been um, like a general history of this age and not like mm. a, um, this is how you do this thing that you're looking to do or go to this place right. and stuff like that. Um, it's not like an in-depth guide to this area, um, but it's just like a general like, hey, this area is related to this event, so on and so forth. Um, All right. Now, is there anything on the edge of the tile circle that is of note? Um, Did I already ask that? No, not really. Um, okay. Again, it's just the, the symbols that kind of make that circle. Um, you're noticing, though, that the longer you're standing here, the the vines and crawling plants that kind of were covering the obelisks and that have are general like uh have overtaken this this patch of stonework um are beginning to um cluster in and around this general area that you're in it's just getting a little bit thicker um you've noticed um can i take the book out of my pack and do a little experiment yeah all right I'd like to hold the book in my right arm okay. and extend it near the vines and see if it clusters around where that is. Okay, um, you extend your arm out towards um, the vines just with the book um, and they do get just a little bit thicker. All right. Hmm. 
Um, as you're standing, standing here contemplating, you're also noticing that the vines just around your feet in general are getting a little thicker as well. All right. Um, can I walk? Yeah, you can walk. All right. I'm going to keep walking in the direction I was traveling before and see if I can keep looking at the floor and if there's anything I can figure out about whether this is an entrance somewhere or if it's more of like an altar of place of worship or something like that. Mm -hmm. See if I can look around and see if there's any other structures or um, anything like that. Just try to figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You make your way past this oval, um, just moving your way towards the direction that you were hoping that you might find something else. And you go for about two or three more miles before you actually reach the edge of the forest. Um, and you can see this is the, the closest you've been to the edge of the forest that you've ever that you've ever been. And you can see there's the break in the tree line and there's this little clearing passage, uh, not passage, um, pasture, a kind of flat land before it begins to get kind of this rocky scrambling motion. And then probably about a mile out, it begins to raise an elevation into the um, what you would know to be the Lunenkota Mountains. All right. Um, when I was looking at the book and what I could figure out about the map, mm. did it seem like there was a direction or an amount past the forest that I would have to go? Mm. Like, do I know about how far away from home I'll be if I finish and go to the temple? Yeah. So you look back down at the map and um, you kind of really squint to figure out where exactly this marker is. And you realize that's actually just inside the forest. Like it's not past the forest. Um, it's just inside right. the Vianola forest. So then with that information, I'm going to look at where the edge of the forest is in the map and see about how far away I might be or whether is the marker right before the edge of the forest? Yeah, it's pretty close to the edge of the forest. Um, All right. Yeah. I have a feeling that I found it but I just don't know how to get in. Mm -hmm. I'm going to start talking to Ginger and start asking her um, what she thinks about all this and um, legitimately ask her about like, oh, how do you think we could get in? Do you think this is the temple? And like asking her questions that she has no means of answering, <laughs> but that I, I'm just so used to talking my thoughts out loud to her. So I'm just going to start talking and just start being like, I have a feeling that we found it, but how do I get inside? Do you think it has something to do with this? And just like start talking my mouth off to her. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah, she uh, she looks at you in just general confusion. I should not really be able to process what you're asking of her. Um, at one point, she like offers you an acorn. I take it. And she just kind of like looks up at you, like hoping that that helped. <laughs> um, I take it and I say, thank you. And I put it in my pocket. Nice. Um, but she doesn't really seem like she can she can help you in any way. All right. Um, are the trees different where the tiles begin? So um, on the tiles, there I I said it earlier, but I was mistaken. There are actually no trees specifically on the tile. Um, surrounding right. the tiles, there's trees and stuff like that, but it's just this bushes and overgrown um, crawling vines on this specific um, oval. something but I didn't know if it's a good idea um mm -hmm. let me see what I have hmm. 
Now, I usually don't condone the cutting of vines or plants or branches, but I would mm. just like to see if I place my dagger on one of the vines in such a way to where if it was alive, it could hurt it. Mm-hmm. Can I see if the plants make a concerning noise? Yeah, so you go in and you um, begin to press your, take your blade and get ever so closer to the vines before you eventually touch it. Go ahead and make a dexterity saving throw for me. Yeah. Ooh, wow, 25. <laughs> Yeah, so you go in and you place your blade, at which point with um, viper-like quickness, the vine like whips out to wrap around your hand and your blade, but you just barely uh, pull it back before this vine kind of creepily slithers back down onto itself. All right, that's what I thought. <sighs> I'm going to take a moment to mm-hmm. breathe and, yeah. important, you know kind of take that moment to be like, all right, my hunch was correct. And look around and see where the vines begin. Okay. Um, you're looking around and you you think that the vines, um, you kind of go through and you, you're you kind of doing the similar tests to kind of see because there are crawling plants and stuff like that in the, just the general forest floor. Right. Uh, but as you get towards the edge of the tile, the aggression of the plants or the general aggressiveness of the plants when you have that blade diminishes when you leave the tile circle the tile oval i should say Mm. all right (sighs) Mm. hannah wants to do something (laughs) but i do not know if melora would so Go for it. See what happens. All right. I'd like to take my torch out of my pack. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And I'd like to light it. Okay. And um, when I do, I'd like to use it and see if that helps me. So you light your torch. And um, as soon as you do, very again, that viper-like quickness, for about three feet in diameter around you, the vines shrivel past you um generally keeping their distance uh, you'll see that um like the higher up your torch goes the more they're willing to encroach on you and the lower it goes the further they get from you all right i'm going to keep it as low as possible without necessarily crouching or bending over yeah okay and i would like to kind of walk around like that and see if there's anything that i couldn't see before on the tiles that could tell me more about where i am yeah, um, as you go through and you begin making your way through, about um, 10 feet into the inside of the oval, covered in what would have been the overground, there's another ring of um, symbols mm. that um, you're kind of going through. Um, you go ahead and just make a, uh, make a history check for me. Uh, 16. Yeah, so it's difficult because it's such an old dialect that most of it seems like gibberish but every once in a while you go through around the whole circle um and there's one word that you're managing to have peace out out of most of this and it's that of uh offering Mm. Mm. 
Alright. I'm going to hope that it's not a life offering that it needs because I will not be able to do that. However, I'd like to take the book mm-hmm. and I'd like to place it in the middle of the ring. Okay. And see if um, that does anything. Yeah. I need to check something. Mm-hmm. So... Um, okay. Yeah, so you're going through and you you set this book down um, and you just kind of leave it there for a second. And at first you're like, oh, this isn't going to do anything. Um, it's not working. But slowly you notice that the general char and burn on it begins to spread far more quickly than you have ever seen it. Um, before, after about a minute, it takes over the whole book and it kind of falls to ash. And where it kind of breaks apart into ash, the stones kind of collapse in before making a staircase that goes down. All right. Well, I'm going to take a moment to kind of realize how I might have just effed my situation if they come looking for the book and it's gone. Um... I'm going to look at Ginger and I'm going to kind of be like, are you thinking what I'm thinking? She just nods at you. All right. Do you want to wait outside? She doesn't. She shakes her head. All right. And I'd like to go down the stairs, but slowly to see if the opening will close. Because if it does not, if it does not close, I will be pretty anxious if they find me and there's an opening and I am there and I saw the book and I was there before they were. I'm just, I want to make sure <laughs> that if I go down that they won't be able to just follow me and they'll have to figure it out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you begin making your way down um, and as you're stepping, the, it's getting darker and darker as there's no sources of light here. You I, do have dark vision, so you, oh, you do have your torch as well. Yeah, so you're, there's a little bit of a glow um, and it's just blank stone uh, like this grayish stone that you go down through um and eventually there um is a corner to your left that you turn around and then it begins going down again so just like a little u-turn to go down mm-hmm. um and by the time you get down there the door hasn't closed okay all right hmm now, if I'm looking around, uh, no, I just need to hurry. All right, I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to try to be on alert and make sure that if I hear anything concerning to see if there's anything I could hide behind. Mm-hmm. Go ahead and um, just roll a, um, a perception check in general. Just a general perception check. Ooh, 11. Okay. Um, you're going through and... Um, you're trying to keep an ear towards above you to see if there's anything that's happening. Um, but also like pay attention to where you're going. Um, and the thing about it is it's just smooth stone the mm-hmm. whole way that you're going down um, to the point where you can't remember how many steps you've taken or how far down you've gone um, before eventually there is another one of these staircases that go and like loop around and stuff like that. 
Um, and that's your only general landmark. There's no places for you to hide. There's no deviations in the stone. Um, it's just a straight down. Um, and eventually you get down another one and go down. This time you try to keep count of the steps um, and you go down about 100 steps before there's another um, switchback and you go down about another 100 steps before there's this little um, stone archway. All right. Now, can I guess about how many hundred feet I am below the surface right now? Um, roll an intelligence check. Ten. Ten? Um, you go through and you're like, okay, the average height of a step is like eight inches. So hundred steps, that'd be 800 inches. Divide that by 12. And by the time you do that, you're like, <laughs> okay, this is... Wait, wait, okay, wait. My brain hurts. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have to like multiply that by four. And then and I'll just so ask you're... Ginger to do the rest of the math. Just be like, yeah. Ginger, so can you keep count? You feel like you're a good ways down. Um, All right. I'm getting a lot of like adrenaline because I've never been out of the forest and I've never done something so exciting. And the mm -hmm. fact that I figured out how to get in, I just feel kind of like... Definitely still the sense of danger, but it's a little exciting because I've never done anything like this before. And I'm yeah, yeah. I'm going to look around. Does the stone arch have any symbols on it or is there anything else around? So there's no symbols around it and it's just a blank stone face um, behind it. So there's like the archway and then there's like where the, the actual doorway would be. And behind it is just this blank wall. Hmm. All right. Can I walk through or can I touch it? You go up and you um, place your hand against it. Um, and as you go and you push, you realize that you can just push the stone back. Um, and you push it back just far enough that it goes back and then you hear a little click and it begins to rumble off to the side. Wow. Okay. Um, at which point in front of you, there is a um, probably about a 50 foot um, corridor. All right. I'm going to keep walking, but... I'm going to feel my mother's voice in my head that says, you know, when you poke your nose where you didn't belong, make sure you look for traps. So, I didn't belong here, at least I didn't think so. So, mm -hmm. I'm going to try to be aware if there is anything odd in the footing or anything like that to make sure that I don't catch myself in a trap. Nice. Yeah, go ahead and roll an investigation check. nine yeah so you're going through and you're trying really hard you're like looking for deviations in the floor you're trying to see if you can see any like footprints and to i'm see asking ginger to look through i'm like hey ginger can you, you look over there ginger, and it's great because as soon as you turn to ask ginger you feel yourself step on a little raised section and there's this little plate um <laughs> go ahead uh let's see okay I'm just gonna go like that. That's a uh, natural twenty. Sorry about oh, that. Oh no. Um, and one more. Do I get a deck save? <laughs> <laughs> um, ch -ch -ch -ch. Nope. Oh good. Nice. So does a um, thirteen hit? No. Very nice. So you take. Ooh, ouch! Sorry six points of uh damage um piercing damage and then i need you to roll a constitution saving throw oh my god oh yay okay um 18. 
Yeah, nice. Um, so you go through and you step on this and you can see kind of out in the distance, there's a little and one little dart shoots you in the shoulder and you manage to like, like that one hits and it roils you back just enough that the second one misses your other shoulder. Um, and it hurts a lot. Um, you haven't gotten stabbed by anything. Right. Really ever. It misses um, my pocket, right? Like ginger's all right. It misses your pocket. All right. Ginger's okay. Um, but you can feel, um, there have been a couple different times where you had had a risk of being poisoned and you kind of know what it feels like. And so um, as soon as it hits, there's the immediate reaction of pain before you realize that they're um, is the sensation of something seeping almost. And so you immediately pull it out um, just in, in time to make sure that you didn't get poisoned. Um, but yeah, that was a pleasant sensation. All right. Um, I'd like to look into my bag and I'd like to get out. Um, a spare shirt. And okay. I'd like to kind of maneuver it in such a way to soak up the blood. And mm. I'd also like to take a look at what herbs I might have to kind of make it better. Yeah. Um, the nice thing about the, the hole is that um, it's just that of a dart. So it's not like you have like a cut or like a huge hole in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so it's bleeding ever so slightly. Um, basically the amount that like, depending on which parent went to help you, you'd either be, they'd either be like, yo, your dad would be like, yo, suck it up. Your mom would be like, here, here's a tiny little like thumb bandaid. Right. Um, not enough to really do a whole lot it's just that you are not used to really any sort of pain and so your pain tolerance is pretty zilch. low yeah um, yeah so um that is just a new sensation and so that's probably why it hurts so much um but so you pull out your shirt and you go to a dab and then realize that you probably don't really need to um but then you start looking through your bag um go ahead and roll a um d20 for me 13 nice yeah so i'll say that over the over the years, you've kind of begun to experiment with um, different herbs and stuff and kind of figure out what's good for different things. And you do realize that you do have one um, that's kind of good for um, like um, clotting and like filling wounds and stuff. So you don't really have to worry about bandaging or anything like that. So you put a little bit of there in that. Um, you like bite down on it, chew it up a little bit and then spread it in. Um, and then you're feeling like you're going to be pretty good after that. All right. Good. Um, I'm going to be very careful now moving forward. I'd like to ask Ginger, do you think we should keep going? Ginger kind of goes up and she like looks at the hole and she just kind of goes up and like kind of prods it just a little bit before she like scurries back down into your pocket. All right. Well, it can't be much farther down, don't you think? <laughs> and I'm going to keep going, but I'm going to like be a little too careful, baby with where I'm stepping mm -hmm. and like make my torch kind of look like as I walk a couple of feet, torch on the ground, on the yeah. walls, and then keep nice. walking. Yeah, you go through, um, you're staying pretty aware. Um, and so you're going through and every once in a while you'll find another one of these um, plates. And so you manage to keep them, keep on avoiding them before eventually you get to the end of this dark corridor. And you can see that there are two statues about oh probably only about four feet tall um but they are this depiction of um their their humanoid in nature um depicting uh something that you've never really seen before it's it's an armored figure with um these kind of wings going around and out the back um oh 
I think we might have lost him again. Oh no. No. Hi. So uh, we had some technical issues, but we're back. This is going to be a part two. That's why we have different clothes on and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. This has been like three weeks since her, <laughs> her last session. So <laughs> don't murder us if there's a few continuity mistakes or anything like that. We're just going to kind of go with this and see what happens. So if I remember correctly, Hannah, you had made your way into the temple, down the bajillion flights of stairs, um, and had found yourself at this dimly lit hallway that you began to slowly make your way through, um, discovering that it was uh, booby-trapped and that there were these little, like, four-foot statues that would shoot darts at you when you landed on certain um, certain pressure plates. Uh, and as you went through, you managed to make your way through it uh, and making your way up to the, those statues, you found that they were armored um, in this rather unusual, very old-fashioned way um, before pressing on past them. Mm-hmm. As you go past them, you make your way into another staircase that leads even further down. Um, and you come upon this single, uh, you make your way down about four or five more flights of stairs um, before coming upon a uh, circled room with three arched entryways on the opposite side of where you come from. None of them is marked. They are very dimly lit by little glowing stones um, in the roof, little crystals. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's no really distinct, definitive markers between the three of them. All right. Um, I'm going to remember something my mother told me when I was little. And it was something along the lines of, when in doubt, go for the middle. I never knew what she was talking about. It usually was a joke whenever she would eat the middle of a pie that my brother baked or something like that. So, But I'm going to hear it and I'm going to hear it in such a way to where I do not know which way to go, so why not just choose the middle? Fantastic. So you go down this middle tunnel, and it's not overly long, probably only about 40 feet long. Um, Again, there's these blue and purple glowing crystals in the ceiling that kind of light your way just a little bit. And as you're going down, you can see on the left side of the tunnel, there is um, a mural of this beautiful woman um, and she's carrying she's standing high above these planes looking over the world with these pupilless eyes and as she looks out she can see that she has her arm outstretched with what looks like this large rod of iron um, overlooking everything um, at the end there is a another thing of crystals that kind of go around it um, in that blue um, and she's looking out and she's just looking must. And then as you look down the tunnel a little more, you can see that it is a dead end with this stone pedestal coming out of the ground. And on top of it is, um, a stone, just basic clay bowl with this clear, almost silverish liquid laying in the bowl. Do I recognize the woman? Is she a religious figure that I would know? Um, go ahead and make a, uh, history check. Um, it's not very good. That is a six. (laughs) Nice. Uh, you don't remember seeing anything about her. Um, you, it's been a while since you've been in school or educated about historical figures. 
um, and she doesn't seem to be of anyone that you would know. All right. Um, I'd like to investigate the dead end to see if there's a secret door or another way to get through, just like before, if I push on it, or if there's another trap door of some kind that I can get through. Perfect. Yeah, go ahead and make an investigation check. All right, uh, 15. Sweet. Yeah, so you're looking at the, uh, the stone dead end, and you can see that there are, like, hairline cracks and fractures that go in through it that make it almost look as if it was created, like it was, it was cast, and then it was broken before being put back together and resealed together. All right. I'd like to try to kick it down and see what happens. All right. Go ahead and roll an athletics check for me. All right. That's a 13. Nice. Yeah, so you go... And it's kind of awkward because there's this stone pedestal that you can't, like, move or anything that's, like, probably a foot and a half out from the um, stone wall. And so Mm -hmm. you have to kind of, like, try and, like, kick above it or you can't tell, but I'm kicking beneath my desk. (laughs) Um, But you have to try and, like, kick above it or kind of around it. And it makes it really, really awkward. And you go and you kick it once as hard as you can. And much like a stone cavern, that would be, you know, several feet thick of stone, it makes no difference. All right. I'm going to kind of rub my thigh and just think to myself, well, I'm going to feel that one in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to look back at the bowl of liquid. Um, Can I make an arcana check on it to see if it, it seems to be magical? Yeah, go for it. Uh, where is my... All right. Um... Ah, that's another 15. Okay. Yeah, you can tell there is something arcane about it, but it's not in the same way that you normally recognize arcane magic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like it's it's something that seems far older and more chaotic. All right. Well, I'd like to look more at the liquid and maybe take one of my daggers out. And uh, dip it and see if that does anything for me. Okay. Yeah, you dip the dagger into the liquid um, and kind of swirl it around a little bit. And the ripples form on the uh, surface of the water, but you don't see any reactions or anything like that. And as you pull um, your blade out, it's just ever so slightly warm at the tip. But that's about it. Interesting. I kind of whispered to Ginger, who's been sitting in my pocket the whole time, just kind of like, this is rather strange. I mean, I know I'm supposed to do something with it, but what? And I'd like to investigate the painting just a little more, see if there are any pieces that are three-dimensional that could be removed, or perhaps even just looking at what the woman is doing, if that could give some sort of clue for what the liquid does. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so you go back over to the mural um, and look over it pretty closely, and you can see that the, the paint on it is almost chipping and flaking away. Um, as it's, it seems to be very, very old. Um, you're looking at the woman as she stands. She stands kind of with, it's interesting, she's standing almost sideways, and she's not wearing any clothes, um, but she's standing almost sideways. So you see like the side of her hip with her chest facing out, and her hair drapes back around um, her chest to kind of cover her a little bit. And she's just standing with one arm outstretched over the plains and this um, whatever rod it is um, in her hands. She seems to be 
almost towering over these plains, much larger mm. than any creatures. You can see towards the bottom that there are little like depictions of like cattle, and they're like they look like they would be ants if you were to look mm. at like in hieroglyphics or something like that. Um, so this woman is towering over these plains with this rod outstretched. All right. I'd like to take one of the flowers in my hair and put it in the liquid to see um, what happens to them. Okay. Yeah, you go through and you take out one of the flowers and you just gently put it in the bowl. And much like the book at the beginning of the uh, temple, they begin to slowly sizzle and burn and crackle before eventually Mm. completely being engulfed in flames and then flaking out into ash. All right. I'm going to... uh mentally process that and just start to think to myself if that was simply because it's a plant or if it's all natural things such as perhaps my skin but i'd like to experiment and take the bowl and pour a little bit of it on uh the mural okay yeah you go in and you kind of just splash this a little bit across the top to let the water kind of drip down and wherever the water touches um, it begins to sizzle and smoke and pops a little bit, the, the paint chipping away and, and filling away. Um, when you do it, there's a little bit of this liquid that gets onto your hand and it instantly is a burning sensation, kind of like the sensation of when you have like an open cut and your mom put like rubbing I... alcohol in it to like mm-hmm. clean it. It's that same burning sensation. Um, and the little bit of liquid that did end up touching you um, that went back into the bowl ended up this kind of lavenderish color having this chemical reaction this lavenderish color now does it glow it's not glowing uh, but it's just this lavenderish kind of color before eventually it fades back to that silver murky liquid very interesting the part that of my skin that it touched when i when i feel it does it feel any different like stronger or just the same it feels a little more tender um and it's a little pinker it's uh, a little more raw all right now, when I did this to the mural, is there anything behind it, like a secret door or something? Uh, the, you, the, now that some of the paint is stripped, you can kind of see the backline stone, and it's just that continuation of the smooth stone. doesn't look like there's anything to it. Um, you remember coming down the stairs was really kind of mentally draining because it's complete smooth stone. It's not like it's made of cobble work or anything like right, that. So it's right. just smooth stone that goes on and on forever. And this is the same type of stone that this, this little tunnel has been built on. All right. Hmm. I'm going to take out my water skin and see okay. if I could put any of the liquid inside of it to save it because I feel like there's something important that this liquid has to do. I'm just not mm-hmm. sure of it right now. Yeah. So you go careful to not let it touch you now. Uh, mm-hmm. You go and you put a little bit of this in your water skin. Do you dump out the water first or do you? I There was a little bit, um, only a little bit left. I dump it out first. Um, I drank a lot this morning and on my journey following the map in the book. So there's not much left. So I'm not yeah. losing much in that respect. So okay. I pour out the fresh water in order to leave room to put um, some of this liquid. Perfect. Um, you go in and you put in the liquid. And much like with the painting and your knife and the flower you can feel the bag gets kind of hot and a little warm before there's actually like smoke that kind of drifts out the side stitching um, before there's like little holes that begin to form in the bottom of it as this liquid seems to be sizzling and burning through your water skin. All right, I put the water skin back over the bowl so that it pours out back into it. Yeah. I kind of think to myself like, oh, crap, now I've got to get a new water skin. Maybe, <laughs> maybe when I find another camp, I'll just... Yeah. 
I mean, is it really stealing if I need it more than they do? That's, That's just what I'm right. thinking. That's just what I'm thinking to myself. <laughs> so I'm going to make sure that the dripping water gets back into the bowl and doesn't yeah. get on me or anything or the floor. Perfect. And then I'm going. I'm going to place my hand in it and see <laughs> yeah. see what that does for me. So you're looking at this bowl, kind of trying to debate this. Um, and you've noticed that you've kind of used up a lot of this liquid. Well, it was originally probably about four inches of this liquid. They're down to about one inch between right. dumping it and trying to pour it in and stuff like that. But as you're kind of staring at it, almost in a reaction to it, realizing that you're wanting to stick your hand in it, you can see the level of this liquid raises back up to about four inches, just about an inch beneath the rim of the bowl. Um, and you kind of hold out your hand in front of you, um, and you place it in the bowl and take ooh, uh, four points of poison damage. Oh, no. All right. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but you can see as soon as your skin touches it, there's that burning sensation. And you can see your hand actually blisters over the top of it as if you've been um, covered in this poison. But where the blisters form, they immediately pop and this lavender reaction kind of forms and eventually turning the whole liquid inside the bowl, this um, like darkish lavender that begins to overflow over the bowl as you take your hand out, um, still red and raw. And you can see that there is several unpopped blisters and several um, cause like burns and everything. Um, right. This bowl begins to overflow and it goes down and you can now see that there's two channels on the side of the pedestal. Um, and so as this overflows, the liquid falls, flows down into these channels and down the side of this pedestal before going back towards the wall, uh, go out towards the sides of the wall and then back towards the uh, end of the wall. And they begin to shoot up and then fill in all these cracks that you noticed earlier. And eventually after about two minutes of it, this liquid kind of breaking its way up the wall from the, once it reaches the ceiling, the stone begins to crack and rumble, and you take a step back as the wall behind it breaks down. All right, then. Well, I'm not feeling very good, maybe a little woozy because of the blisters on my hand, since um, I've lost quite a bit of hit points. <laughs> um, well, I'm. it's going to go to my head a little bit that I just was able to figure this out. I'm going to kind of like... Start saying to Ginger, I'll be like, I bet that little masked figure couldn't figure this out, eh? And, like, <laughs> just kind of say that to myself. Now, when the liquid went up on the wall, is it still, like, there to where if I stepped in it, it could, like, damage my shoe? Or did it, like, just no. sink back in? It sunk back in. You can't see any of this liquid. Okay, when the wall breaks down, can I see... Do the crystals continue down this corridor, or is it dark? It is completely pitch black behind it. Even with your night vision, you can't see anything behind it. All right. I'd like to take out, magazine. yeah, I'd like to take out another torch and try to light it, and then I'm going to keep going. You light the torch, um, a few still standing behind the pedestal, and begin making your way over the rumble, and as soon as you go past where that uh, arch, where that wall was, the torch gets snuffed out, and, and it plunges you back into darkness. All right. Can I feel the wall? Mm-hmm. All right. Does it feel like the same kind of stone? Yep. All right. I'm going to keep going, holding on to the wall, and I'm going to be very careful. I'm going to walk very carefully, very slowly, just in case it starts to become stairs. 
Yeah. But I'm very interested because if there's some kind of puzzle to the point where the wall needed to be broken down by a magical liquid, obviously whatever it was protecting must be pretty interesting, at least mm-hmm. to a common folk like me. So I'm going to use the wall as a guide as I'm walking through to make sure I don't trip. And mm-hmm. I'd like to go at a slow pace so that in case stairs form, I don't trip or anything. Perfect. Yeah, you keep your one hand against the wall and the other the other wall is just a little too far for you to be able to reach like both sides. You had to kind of mm-hmm. hug the one side, but you were walking along it, um, just trying to keep your balance. It's kind of rough for the first play, like 10 feet or so, because there's rubble that has fallen down either side. So you're like stepping over things and then like all of a sudden there's not something beneath you and you're trying to like kind of tripping your way over, but you managed to make your way through it before it eventually becomes smooth stone again. And you so... You begin making your way down, slowly feeling your way down this tunnel before you can feel along the wall that it begins to get a little bit more rough and less, um, not maintained, but it's just, instead of this being something that was cut out of a out of the it stone. It feels like it's a little more natural. Exactly. Yeah. It's a little more natural as you're going through and it gets um, a little more rough and over, not over, yes, a little more natural. Oh my gosh. And you're going through before eventually it kind of, you can feel the wall ends as it's been getting rougher and rougher. It ends and it goes around a corner and you can feel, you can't see it, but you can feel the space open up in front of you. Now, when I tried to light the torch before and it went out, is it ruined or can I try to light the same one? Yeah, it's you could probably light the same one. I just want to see if, if I could do that here or if it's the same kind of thing where I can't have a light. Mm-hmm. You go and you try and light the torch and again same thing there's a brief moment where it lights up and you can see that you're now in this massive cavern with these um stalagmites and stalactites or stalagmites and stalactites whichever way it is (laughs) um and you can see that this cavern is filled to the brim with random assortments of interesting doodads and Bobbles and the random items you can see there's rusted swords and armor you can see there's gold coins that you can see there's <gasps> platinum you can see oh, wow. um these uh you can see uh there's off in the corner you see like a bookshelf full of books you can see all these different random items kind of encased in this cavern but as soon as you light the torch and you take this all in it immediately goes plunging back into darkness um, hmm. as you can't see anything again What can I do? So, what are you going to do? Alright, first I'd like to make a uh, perception check to see if I hear if there is any other creatures other than me or something like that, since it is really dark. Like, am I scared or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. Go for it. Um, That's not very good. Thirteen. As you you actually close your eyes in some uh, subconscious sense of trying to hear a little bit better, um, and you reach out with your hearing, trying to take in as many sounds as you can, um, something that you've done on occasion. You know, it's not uncommon for you to do this type of exercise out in the wilderness, trying to figure out where whatever it is that's hunting you or that you're potentially hunting is around you and stuff like that. So this isn't something that's uncommon. Um, and you reach out and you can hear faint dripping of water 
as it would in a cave. You can hear the gentle pitter-patter of maybe a very small creature of some sort, maybe like a mouse or a rat or something like that off in the distance. But you don't hear anything large or threatening moving. You're not feeling... Like I'm being overly, hunted or anything. Exactly. You don't have a sense of danger that something is out to get you at the moment, aside from the eerie feeling of the fact that you can't see, and no matter what you do, you still can't see. All right. Um, about what time a day was it when I went into the cave? When you went was into it morning? The cave or when you went into the temple? The temple, sorry, the temple. So when you went into the temple, it was... Uh, was it morning? I, I think had it was I just morning. woken up? Yeah, I think you had. I'm just wondering. Um, I mean, I'm not feeling very good. Maybe I'm still a little woozy from um putting my hand in the liquid. I mean, and I I know that I stopped the bleeding on the poison dart, but I'm pretty sure I only have one hit point right now. <laughs> so I might just lay down and go to sleep, making sure that Ginger is like inside of my shirt, so oh. that if anything were to come out, she mm. would be a little more protected at the very yeah. least. Definitely. And, I mean, because it's one of those things where it's like, I only have one hit point. Um, this is very foreign than anything that I've ever done before. And so I'm probably just like one of those things that just like, I take a nap right here. This is where <laughs> I sleep. And awesome. I'll figure it out in the morning because I feel like I'm deep enough to where if I heard something coming for me, I should be able to hear an echo before it is there or something yeah. that's my idea i'd like to lay down and go to sleep a short or a long rest a long rest if that's all right yes. well the nice thing is that you are an elf and so you don't have to worry too much as you are in kind of this trance-like state so you can stay kind of aware so you sit down as you normally would kind of lean against the back wall just kind of take it in the fact that you nearly died twice today <laughs> On top of the fact that you're following this strange thing, and you've never really done anything like this, and just kind of I... reflect on it for. It's what I get for being curious. Right. Poking my nose when it didn't belong. The cat, and you're a cat now, so. I. Um, <laughs> so you go through, and you, drift off into your trance-like state, um, and it's not a restful sleep for you at all. Um, something that's rather interesting is about halfway through you. You're semi-conscious there as you are, as you always are for an elf, but beyond the cavern, beyond this deafening, blinding darkness, you begin to just see out in the distance rolling hills of green grass um, with little people on them. You can see just ever so faintly like ants on a hill. You can see what looks like a shepherd with cattle or sheep or something along those lines, some herd or something that he is guiding. Um, and you can see above you what looks like the sky expanding for miles and miles, um, as if you're almost on top of a mountain, seeing the landscape down beneath you and all of the sky above you. And you can see several different moons and planetary bodies all in just in the dip just far away in the atmosphere um and as you look over you can see this almost it looks like a cloud at first like this large storm coming in and as it gets closer you realize that's not clouds or a storm but it's people it's these figures 
coming in and there's just so many of them and it's so dense that it creates this cloud-like substance, or not substance, but illusion. Right. And as they begin to touch down on the horizon, you can see this one woman guiding them, this towering figure over the plains uh, with black hair coming over her chest to cover her naked body. And with that one rod that you saw in the depiction in front of you, she casts out the rod in front of her and this swarm almost goes barreling past her and goes and almost like a, a plague of locusts over a crop just goes destroying these plains and you can see these people get massacred um and after the swarm you can see these two towering figures almost as tall as the woman um these men if you could even say that dressed in this blackened armor with gold trim um their faces mostly covered above their eyes with jaws that look like that they could unhinge and they could open. And one of them has these, it's like a blank face that goes up into almost horns that are flat and wide that kind of go up and around before expanding into a, um, almost like plates, uh, kind of, I'm trying to figure out how to describe it. It's like an oval type shape that comes out of the sides of his head and keeps going up before expanding into these spike-like plates um, on one of them. And the other, you can see, has what looks like dreadlocks that come down over his head, are pulled into a knot, and then over his shoulders. Um, at, but at the end of them, they become these almost barbs that hang down. Um, and as the swarm goes out in front of them, they look to the woman and bow before stepping out and drawing these massive weapons, things that look as if they have a thousand weapons in one and are yet this one horrifying maul in, in almost a sense. And they go and they begin tearing through the plains. And in the distance, you can see what looks like an army arise on the horizon, on the opposing horizon, as it comes over the hills and begin charging across these plains um, before your vision cuts out and you're back in that deafening, blinding darkness, and you awake from your long rest. All right. Uh, that's very scary. <laughs> so, can I make the connection that the black armored figures with the gold trim are warriors or priests of this woman? You could probably. Is that something that. that could be referred? So then. Yeah. In that sense, that figure that had the book that um, I stole from is one of those figures. It's It looked like one of those. It didn't quite look like one of those. So the figure that you stole the book from had a golden mask that kind of went up and around his face and kind of made mm -hmm. almost like this, this semicircle up and around his face with different mm -hmm. um, in, in bejewels on it. Um, so it's not quite the exact same. They have... A similar style of it's interesting because like yeah they're both wearing black and gold armor and they both kind of have a similar style to their armor um which is something that it's a style of armor that you've never seen through any of the travelers that you have uh, walked past or anything like that it doesn't seem like it's a modern style of armor 
So then, to clarify, I guess my question is, does it look like this figure that I stole the book from is trying to emulate the figures I saw in my vision, or perhaps is like a fan that tried to recreate the armor design or something to where they are trying to get to this place because of that woman? It could be... You're not quite sure. Roll a... uh, I'll have you roll an insight check. Yeah, let's do that. Roll an insight check. All right. Um, all right, uh, 12. Okay. You're not quite sure what the motives behind this character is. You, now having this new information, can tell that they seem to be potentially from a similar era or around that time. Um, and it might be that this character that you stole from was a servant of these two generals or priests, or it could be that he is trying to emulate them or something. It, there's a lot of different options. It's just theories really sure right now that exactly. I'm not like 100%. It's just like, well, it could be this or maybe this, but exactly. I don't really know you just enough. You need some more information to really make an informed decision. All right. Well, I'm going to say good morning to Ginger. I'm going to ask her how she slept. I know very well she can't respond to me, but I still want to ask her. It's rather interesting because you know Ginger's in your hand and you can feel the weight in your palms, but even that little distance between you guys of having her a foot apart from you, you still can't see her. It's very spooky. All right. I'm going to say to Ginger, I'm going to kind of ask her, I'm like, I mean, did you see all those treasures before the light went out? I mean, they looked very shiny, didn't they? And I like hold her up close to my ear. She chirps a little and you can feel her like, almost like pawing at your hand. Well, I remember a story that my mother told me. Like, there was a man that wanted so badly to take all the treasure, treasure in this place, but when he touched it, it cursed him or something. I didn't remember the ending, but... I mean, perhaps we should be careful, but I mean, I don't, didn't see the harm in perhaps taking a few things. Mm-hmm. Like, does she like... She gets a little excited, you can tell. Alright. Um, I'd like to try to find the wall again. And just like, without obviously knowing that there were some rusty swords and I don't know wanna, I don't, I didn't want to worry about getting a tetanus shot or something because <laughs> is, is that even something in the fantasy world? Tetanus? Right? So I don't obviously want to accidentally stab myself with the swords that I know are somewhere in the cavern. But I just want to feel around and if it feels small enough to fit in my pocket, maybe I'll just put it in. Okay. Or my bag or something. Yeah. Um, I didn't care for money much because, I mean, I have no use for it living in the forest. I have nothing to buy. I have it, All I can do is just look at it and think it's pretty. Mm. So I'm looking more for, like, tiny trinkets that yeah. I could fiddle with or that just look very cool that I could, like, just have that I think are cool. Okay, cool. You put your hand back against the wall that you were just leaning against. And begin making your way around this cavern, just trying to keep one hand on the wall so you have some sort of bearing that you can go off of. Um, And you begin making your way through, and after about 30 feet of walking around the edge, you can feel yourself begin almost going uphill before you slip as you realize that you were starting to like go uphill on a pile of coins. Um, (laughs) And so you make your way through, and you just kind of like get down on your hands and knees, just trying to kind of paw through it. Go ahead and make an investigation check for me. With disadvantage because it's so dark? Sure. I did that to myself. It's not so bad, though. Um, 
All right, that's 11 with disadvantage. Oh, cool. Yeah, you go through and you find um, most of its coins in this little pile, uh, but there's a couple different things that you can see that make yourself, uh, make it rather interesting. You find these two little um, stone, well, actually, I should say, you find one little like drawstring sack made out of leather and you pull it open and inside of it, there's these two round um, stone tablets, basically, with right. um, what looks like the side profile of faces that will be facing each other on either side. I'd like to pocket it. Okay. Yeah. Put it in my bag, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you begin making your way through and make your way around this pile, trying again, trying to keep a bearing to some sort of semblance of something. So you're kind of using the piles of coin now to kind of hold yourself up. Um, and as you're going around, you begin to feel, and you can, you're starting to get a little sense for the space around you and kind of almost have this sixth sense of different things being in front of you. And you're kind of beginning to be able to meander around here a little bit better, um, which allows you to maneuver around uh, junk swords and dangerous things and like broken armor and stuff like that before making your way to um, what you noticed was like the large pile in the very back of the cavern, not one of the two side piles, but like the large right. pile. Um, right. Begin just kind of feeling about and rolling and looking around. Go ahead and roll another investigation check, this time without advantage, disadvantage. All right, that's much better. That's a 17. Okay, perfect. So you go in and there's a couple things that you find that are actually rather interesting to you. Um, the first and foremost that you find is this... Uh, little case you as you're going through there's this small little uh almost like a uh like a nightstand that you found and as you're kind of looking around it and looking through it there's a bunch of like junk on top of it you can see there's what looks like a like blurry um, murky crystal ball and mm -hmm. um like a little candle that has like a red wax to it um and it all has this like little drapery over it but you open the first drawer and covered in dust and spider webs um is this one little um uh what's the word that i'm looking for it's a blackened wood um box that looks like it's very elegantly made with this silver uh trim going around it uh looks like possibly like legitimate silver that was uh put into the box and you pull this out and there's this little um, latch on the side of it. I'd like to open it. Oh, okay. you open it. And inside, it's only about probably seven or so inches long. Um, and inside of it, you open it and there's this little uh, piece of cloth. Uh, looks like a velvet kind of piece of cloth with this one. It's about a four inch length of uh, this metal uh, with a, a single like amethyst crystal coming out of the top of it. Um, not exactly like the depiction or anything like that. It's just a single crystal coming out the top versus that the depiction, which had like a crown of crystals that had this right. large one coming out. But it looks like there's about this four inch section of this metal. You don't quite can't quite tell what the metal is with this uh, amethyst crystal coming out the top. And just does branded... it feel? Yeah, go for it. Sorry, I was just going to ask if it feels kind of sharp at the metal part. Like maybe it's supposed to be a very fancy knife or something. It doesn't feel sharp. It's a rounded shaft. All right. Uh, and around the very top of it, just beneath the crystal, you can see that there's one word that is spelled out um, in common. It just says Ruat. R-U-A-T. Ruat. Around the top. 
Do I know what that means? Uh, roll a... You can either roll history or religion. Whichever one is better for you. All right, let me see. Uh, they're the same, so... Fantastic. Ooh! 19! Nice. So you're going well. through and you're trying to think about things, about what this could mean or what language this could be from, and you don't know. All right. Hmm. Now, just from the way that it feels, or the way that um, the words look, mm-hmm. can I possibly guess with um, that high of like a history check if I may not know what it means, but perhaps I recognize what the language might look like? So it is written in uh, a very old form of it's. The kind of this combination between old school arcane symbols and very old elvish. All right. That's what I'm hmm. Where is what I need? Here it is. Fantastic. Very interesting. Well, I'm definitely pocketing that too. Um, but I'm gonna put it back in the box. Um, yep. I would. I don't want it to get damaged. But um. I'm perhaps going to start thinking to myself that although I enjoy a life of seclusion, figuring out what some of these things mean might be very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I mean, not that I necessarily want to make friends because friends can leave you, That's but right. maybe if I could find someone that could help me understand some of these strange things I've been experiencing, it might help me sleep better, at least. Oh, nice, yeah. So I just, yeah, I just think that to myself. I'm muttering to Ginger as I go, um, what I found, how interesting it is to me, what I think it might mean, and... Oh, I have a question. Yeah. Um, is it the same writing that I saw at the temple that I did not recognise? Yes. All right. All right. I clock that in my mind um, before putting it back into uh, probably my bag. I mean, I just want to say that I I got rid of the water skin once it got destroyed. I probably kept it for a little bit, and then once I realised I wanted to be taking things, I just took it out and I left it because, I mean, although I have sewing skills for, like, clothes and everything, there's only so much they could do to prevent liquid from seeping out. Mm -hmm. So I just think to myself, I'll just replace it. Definitely, 100%. Yeah, you ditch the bag and you put the very, very nice fancy box in where it was. Mm. All right. Yeah. Uh, so you go through, and there's one other pile that you haven't kind of explored all that much. Mm-hmm. You want to go over there and investigate that as well? I. Sweet. So you go over there, you begin making your way through, roll one more investigation check for um, I got a 19 again, actually. Fantastic. So you're going through, and you kind of look over, and there's the bookshelf that you saw in the corner just to your left, and kind of this mountain of stuff. Um, and the books seem like they're beginning to rot away and they have like a lot of damage to them. So they're not overly interesting, but you're going through and kind of almost buried in the coin. You can just see what looks like the very end of an arrow, the fletching on an arrow sticking out of this pile of gold and Mm. it catches your eyes just a little bit. So you go and you look over at it and you begin to pull it out and there's actually a whole quiver here. Um, Mm. it's this kind of this greenish, um, very smooth, well-made, almost looks like it's made of uh, a stone of some sort. It's very oh, smooth wow. green stone that's kind of going around with this gold, elegant uh, 
filigree along the opening uh, with a leather strap that goes down around it. Now, you, it looks like it's in good condition. Like, I could put it on my back. Yeah, 100%. I do so. Nice. Yeah, definitely. This beautiful, beautiful uh, quiver is now on your wow. back. Wow. I mean, I didn't know if I want to use the arrows. They're so pretty. But at the same time, I kind of think to myself that if I ever need to use them, at least the people that they're, or the things that they're being used on will be like, oh, wow, mm -hmm. that's, that's fancy. At least I was, I was killed with a fancy arrow. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Nice. So you go through. And... Now, I just had a question. Yeah, when I was looking at the books, I know they're not in very good condition, but it, does it look like from like the title pages or if I could see if there's any writing, is it in that same language that I didn't recognize? There's a couple different languages here. Um, you can oh, right. see, um, what languages do you speak? I speak, um, I speak and read common, elvish, sylvan and abyssal. My father taught me abyssal. Nice. Let me just double check something real quick. Past it, past it. Okay, so. Where's what I'm looking for? Sorry, guys, give me one moment. I just want to That's all right. Okay, not finding it. We're gonna go off the cuff and then we'll see what happens. So All right. let's see. You know, common, elvish, sylvan, and abyssal, right? Yes. Okay. So you, there's a couple that look like um, they're the majority of them look like they're written in um, a very very old dialect of elvish. Um, mm -hmm. That's what the majority of them look like. There's a one or two that seem to be spoke written in common, um, and then the rest of them seem to be in a language that you don't know. Now, I know it's very dark down there, but can I feel around for if any of the books seem to be, just from a feeling of the pages, do they feel like they are in good enough to condition to where when I get to light, I could possibly read them? Probably one or two. All right. Um, is there room? I mean, I have a pretty, I have a backpack. That I'd like to take those ones um, yeah, to, to read in the tree. All right, cool. Definitely. You go through and you slowly kind of make your way through, just trying to see what is available for you to take and what would be worth taking if anything mm -hmm. um, and you're going through and you pull out one and it looks like it's in good condition it feels like it's in good condition so you put it in your bag and you take out another one on uh, not the shelf beneath that one but another the shelf beneath that and pull that out pulling it through and as you go and you put your bag back over your um, shoulder it knocks um, something off your bag, a nut or an acorn or something that you were carrying with you, which just falls down onto the ground and it just kind of rolls for a little bit that you can see before disappearing into the dark. And then you can faintly hear a little click. Um, and then the whole cavern begins to shake just a little bit. Uh, and this ring of crystals above you lights up uh just faintly dimming the whole cavern which allows for you to see these three um basically holes in the top of the cavern that are still ever so slightly rumbling and you can see out of the middle one this little bit of liquid kind of begins to drip out before all three of them go flooding out with this black sludging 
I start uh, running. Language, and you begin booking it out. I uh, run like I've never run before in my life. Hundred percent. You take off, um, just trying to barely stay ahead of. I'm holding shirt. Ginger. I don't want her to bounce around <laughs> too much, so I'm just clutching her to my chest. Hundred percent. You grab her and you're booking it. You go back through. You go past um, the little stones. Trying to, again, you can't see a whole lot because in this, uh, in the cavern, not the cavern, in the hallway that you just went past that you broke into, um, it's still dark. And so you're like just guiding right. along, just running through it, knowing that there's <laughs> nothing there that's going to really stop you aside from a little bit of rumble. Right. The, the little bit of uh, uh, broken stone. And you get to it and kind of make your way over, losing a little bit of your lead before booking it down uh, the hall, going up the stairs, going up the stairs again, this liquid just on your tail as it's beginning to fill up the stairs behind you. Uh, <laughs> and you come up the stairs and around the corner and you go through the archway um, that just had the two little uh, stone pedestals. And you right. come around the corner and you can see standing on the other side of the hall, this dark figure. Uh, no! looks to be in this <laughs> no! sobered armor with this purple sash going over it. Uh, this dark skin with a scar going down across his face, and that's where we're gonna stop your section. Ah! <laughs> oh no! No! I'm nice. so scared. Good. Okay. I like it. Ah! So, this is rad. Perfect. All right. Cool. Good job, Hannah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Cool. Well, uh, that was Hannah's uh, one shot. Sorry about the. Choppiness of it, and we apologize for anything. Right. It's just like right. we're in the middle of her one shot when like our whole internet went out and everything died, and we couldn't get it fixed. So we had to wait until we had a time to pre-record the rest of it um, and stuff like that. So this should all get released with the vod of her video. It should all be released together as one mm -hmm. thing. Um, so if you watched it live, good for you. But for the rest of you, uh, this is all just part of it. So it's all just one thing. So you don't have to worry about too much. Um, but yeah, that's uh, Hannah's one shot, Melora's oh one God. shot. Um, she freaking killed it. She did awesome. Uh, <laughs> only broke into the camp of creepy people with ancient books and went and found a temple. It's fine. It's whatever. Hey, um, at least, at least I didn't steal that dagger because that's I true. really, I really almost was going to until you said that it gives like a weird feeling to me, and I was like, all yeah, right, better not, better not mess with that. That make you hear the screams of the damned. Then maybe history. we just maybe leave that just one for the others. There. Maybe that's just not a thing for you. So, yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, oh, man. Uh, if you like what you saw, uh, feel free to check us out on uh, the VODs. They're going to be up on YouTube. This should be up for the next couple of weeks. Or what is up for the next couple of weeks? I don't know if it's still going to be up. And uh, on Podbean in yeah, podcast form. Yeah, check out everything on podcast, in podcast form on Podbean. So far we have almost everything that we have produced so far up on Podbean. I think we just have one or two maybe uh, podcasts that need to be put back up there. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely go check those out. You can also check us out at thepaperdungeon.com for updates on everything. Um, and feel free to check us out on all of our socials. We're beginning to get pretty active on our Twitter, or not our Twitch, our Twitter because of Hannah, because uh, she's freaking killing it with the, the self-promo game. Self-promo so Sundays, Saturdays. Yeah, 100%. So feel free to go uh, tweet us questions or uh, follow us, whatever you want to do. Um, and then we actually did just reach affiliate. We just wanted to keep letting you guys know that. Um, we're getting everything for that set up, um, getting the account set up and everything like that. So if you guys in the future want to subscribe to us, that'd be awesome. Definitely feel don't feel any pressure or anything like that, but uh, we would love for that as well. So yeah, definitely. Uh, on Monday, uh, I don't know when the VOD is coming out, but... 
or when this is coming out. So basically what's happening is uh, the September 7th is the date that you guys need to know. That will be the first date that has um, all six of these crazy kids together getting thrown into something. Oh, I can see like the whole cast is dancing. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's the date to remember. And then the week before that, which is like this week, um, August 31st or September 1st? August 31st, yeah. August 31st, we'll have Hannah again, and she'll be with Drew and Ryan, that crazy boy that we haven't seen in like three weeks. <laughs> and then Lydia and Grant will be that Friday, uh, and that's the Friday just before the 7th, and then on the 7th is when we have that first one. So definitely come, keep checking us out. Um, let us know if you guys have any suggestions or any comments, anything like that. We'd really like to hear what you guys like to say. So um, yeah, do you have anything that you want to say, Hannah? Um, thank you all for watching. Um, this was super fun. I'm so glad we got to finish it like this because I know I was just as sad as you guys were when 100%. it got cut short. But I'm glad we were able to do this because this was awesome. Yeah, definitely. Thank you for listening to the Paper Dungeon podcast. You can visit our website at thepaperdungeon.com for more information on our Twitch streams, YouTube videos, and other podcast episodes.